What's up? I'm Eagle. Eagle Gardens. Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram. And this is fucking talking shit with Eagle. Episode 259.5. The fucking rabbit hole. Hopefully you guys are tuning in, checking back. Gonna hang out for a little while. Hopefully we'll get a couple people popping in. Say hello. But as you can tell by the music, dab time hopefully you guys are ready to take a dab i know i am i did not even smoke through that awesome kaya fucking interview oh great what i do oh i know what i did i don't know how i did it it's a different tea for two doubling up on dab songs i'm gonna just let that play what's up ian how are you Load me up some dabber stuff right now. Bob grows. Fake with shake, baby. Be too crazy for you. Chaswood, Chad, Westport, Oz, Indica. Hello. How you doing? That's right. We're starting it out the right way with a dab. I'm going to get over here and get some top live chat going. Come on, top chat. Man, that was pretty a good episode with Kyle, wasn't it? That was pretty awesome. I mean, oh, shit, I gotta take this thing off. I always forget to take that off. Take that off. Put that right there. Get my dab ready. There is an email coming for tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm gonna have to stop getting me some extra extracts. This thing just trying to kill the dab song. Christmas came early, yeah. Thanks to uh, Rude Nuts. Would not take no for an answer. Decided to send over that uh, email, which I'm thinking hold all of right now. What's up, Cam Trooper? Hopefully, you got some dabs ready. Uh, I've got a part right here. I don't have my dabs ready. Wait for a hit to yeah. puff to puff, right? <laughs> yeah. Now I'm waiting for a new banger in the mail right now. So how's you? I just poke this one in. Yeah. What's up, brother? <coughs> I was seeing how you've been, man. Pretty good. No complaints at the moment, man. I can't. Got something to dab on? It's all right, man. Oh, yeah. Got some Durban poison here. Oh, it's good stuff. I don't know how I fucked that up. I must have let it go long enough or something. I have some on the fence on that. You know, when it works, it works good. There's that, that glass piece in the middle or quartz. I don't know. They're right there. Yeah. It's hard judge when you get that thing just right. It's almost better to let it overgo and let it get too hot and then just kind of spin it around. And I don't know. Yeah. It works pretty good once. I'm still new. I'm still new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I messed up my uh, my bank. My August Haas, uh, I've got that dual control one, and uh, somehow the metal coil turned 
on the on for the sidewalls it turned the banger over time it just kept like lightly getting pushed i think and it just like snapped the banger in half it was like all still together but you can just see the crack and it's a spiral crack around the top like probably inch of a banger fun but they sent me off a new one so i'm good who is the honor the like a warranty? That's pretty cool. Yeah. So how did that happen? Did it, like a scratch from the the factory or something? And the heat, the hot and cold followed the crack. Is that how that worked? So with the uh, the dual zone control, bag, got two coils. On. Got one that's got a ring pin into the actual glass on the bottom for the bottom skillet plate, and then you have one that wraps around the walls. That's the one that you see wrap around it towards the top of the coils where they end uh, that's where it attaches and there's a little bit of tension right there and if you don't have the uh that part of the metal sticking away from it and you have it bumping up against like where your down stem is on your on your bong and stuff like that it creates more tension on the actual quartz itself until it snaps so that constant heating and cooling just only compounds it too but that happened my stepping up stepping up I'll just now I'm actually getting will be getting to know the whole email type thing feeling pretty spoiled yeah hopefully hopefully I'll get used to it. I'm almost scared of it. I mean, just since I've had the had a rig in here a couple of weeks ago, I've already, you know, taken it down, come back. I've already stepped up to dead since then. Yeah. So once an email comes in, I'm actually afraid. <laughs> the, the dabs will be like all the time. Nah, you'd be surprised how uh, once uh, once you do the dab and the email. For me, this is what happened. One dab started turning into three dabs. I was able to get more out of it. And I was just more fucked up off of one dab than I was off of a, uh, a couple. I can see that. I can I can already see that. Because even when I went from, uh, you know, the nectar collector type thing to the, the rig I had before, you know, I thought I was actually, well... I probably was, in a way, maybe saving with the nectar collector. But you're right; I was getting more fucked up off the rig, and it was just that—that that little bit that I thought I was like budgeting with the nectar collector. That same amount I threw in the rig, and I'm sitting here going, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, I was getting a little bit more tore up with with the rig for sure, for sure. Yeah, especially with the little caps and everything now. If hurt pearl down in there helps keep that stirring, I get you get a fucking good hit off that off that one rip. You get three good. That's that's what this thing, this little thing does. I know it looks horrible. I put some shit in there. I'm actually yeah. gonna give this guy a little bit of the business tomorrow. He gave me some of this stuff. Try that out, and man, it turned my shit like black. Yeah, I actually had to fucking. I've cleaned this with alcohol and I still can't get it back to glass. You know what I mean? I was like, ugh. I 
take that right back and be like, don't give that to anybody else. But anyways, this is it's got that little thing. You heat that up, and then you got this little guy here. Yeah. You know, you kind of just you know, roll that around, stir that, and it really seems like it gets that extra puff out of there, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I didn't think it. It's always, it's so always, many different ways to fucking dab. Oh yeah, it's always fun when you step it up or you got a new piece or something like that, and you're just like, man, this is a new way to smoke. And then you get used to it, and you're like, all right, like you're like, I gotta change. It up. <laughs> That's what happened when I broke the last one, Kana. Fucking, <laughs> I got this nice rig that you know I, I don't like taking things either. Sun grown seven oh seven, and came on and get me this rig and. I took it and I was, uh, it came and I was fucking digging it. And then, uh, I actually like started adding on to it. So I went and bought it like this ask collector and fucking, uh, had that on there. And it was like a little cockeyed when I bought the, the, the ash collector, I didn't realize that it was like kind of offset. It wasn't 90. So when I put it on the banger, it was set on this angle. Oh. And, it, and actually, when I put the banger in there, it sat on a weird angle because everything was angled. So I used it like that. It fucking was working just fine for me. And then I went to uh, the fucking uh, Wild Bills there, and I got a different banger or a different uh, catcher, I guess would be the proper terminology, to put on there. And I ended up stacking them. So that night I fucking come on and I actually had two different collectors on there in the banger. And man, that thing was offering some fucking sweet ass hits. And then fucking uh, that night, that night I broke it. I broke it on the air. <laughs> I was all chiefing on it. Just loving it. Here it is right here. Before, before the break there. I had, you know, oh, yeah. I'm all loving it. Look at Look how stoked I am and shit. Like two hours later, fucking nothing left. Right here is the only thing left of it. The fucking cap that I bought that day. <laughs> it's the only thing that didn't shatter. It is what it is. What's up, Ellie? Ollie? What's no up? Right, what's up, brother? What's going on, man? I'm Hanging watched. out, man. I definitely know how it feels to break a piece or two. Hopefully it's the last one for a while. Yeah, that I break. For sure, man. I just thought I'd jump on. I've been wrapped up at work uh, all week, getting back into the work stride, and it's good to be home and have a day off tomorrow. Can't love a day off once in a while. Oh yeah. What you smoking on tonight? I am smoking on some of this Jesse Pinkman. You can see it right there. Pretty. Yeah. See that pink when it was coming up to the camera. Pinks and purples. Pretty. Yeah. It presses out and turns into straight butter. It's like perfect for uh, concentrates, to be honest. Do you see that crack in there? Yeah. Again. 
Yeah, it goes all Oh, yeah. Yeah, the tension from the top one just pulled at it. Yikes. Now, help me out here. Now, is that uh, is the banger itself replaceable, or does it just slide in and out of the metal? No. You got to... It's all one deal. Yeah, you got to clamp the metal down onto it and everything like that. Are they all like that? I'm learning. No. I'm still learning. You can get see how it's got the pin on the bottom and everything. That's the one zone. Sides is the other zone. <clears throat> They're not all like that, but um, this is one of the. This is a 26 millimeter banger. That's tight. That's an E nail, right? Yeah, it's the August Haas one. That's dope. Yeah, they've got uh, one. Uh, Sergeant Pepper just got one, and it's just the sidewall, or it, it goes away all the way around, but it's just one zone. Right. What's up, Smiley? How you doing? You know, I should really talk to you before I start like just waving out, handing out invitations to the organic takeover and shit. Right, you got the next four months lined up and shit. (laughs) Fuck, man. No, dude. I'm sure he'd have a lot more to contribute into all that, you know. So for sure, be badass. Be great. What a blessed dude. That's for sure, man. Ali, how you doing, bro? Good, brother. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. What's up, Smiley? How's it going, man? Yeah, work still? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I came back to work. All right. <laughs> I was just listening to Eagle's show. He was into the interview while I was sitting down here, like, writing stuff down. I just got stuff in the head that I got to get down on paper. It happens, man. The fucking power of the sesh right there. Yeah. For sure, man. I gotta, I can't keep it all up here, bro. <laughs> right. I know that's the best thing. Like, I mean, all the ideas that we've thought of stoned and like forgot. Like, dude, like there'd be probably millions of dollars of fucking ideas. I guess. That's oh yeah. That you're like, I thought of that when it comes up. <laughs> I fucking thought of that this is a month ago. Dude. Right. What's up, Johnny? What's up, Grummies? How's it going? Eagle, that was an awesome show tonight, man. That guy was a wealth of information. Loved it. Loved it. What's up, Johnny? How you doing there, Ali Noble? Good, good, man. Just enjoying it. Getting back from work, huh? Yeah. I hadn't worked in a while, man. You know, the, the virus uh, had uh, put me out of work for some time, and I'm finally getting back into the, um, the the work, and I work as a uh, line cook you know, or a chef in the kitchen. So I'm I'm in the kitchen all day, and they threw me right in the fire with what a six day uh, work week. So oh my I'm God. like, oh, it's real now. <laughs> yeah, from nothing to into the fire. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Oh yeah. Most definitely. Good to be back, though. Canada Trooper. Good to see you. Smiley. What's going on, man? What's up, brother? I was sitting there rolling up some Ghost OG and Kyle was talking about it. And I'm like, fuck yeah. 
got some of that. And smoke it. How was that smoke? What's that taste it didn't like? Come out of my mouth there. It's all just gasoline, fuel on fuel. Nice. That's what I was typing in the chat. Some people don't like it. Like some of the patients don't like it because it like burns their nostrils. And I'm like, I know, fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like the fuels. <laughs> but yeah. now you know it's the fuel. Right. right. Yeah, like a little that. bit. Okay. She'll make water on this trimming it too, like harvesting it. Yeah, so uh ones that are tough on the eyes like that when you trim it. Some of them are like that, man. They fucking that's when you know they're good, right? Like, I don't know. Every time it's made my eyes water, I'm like, this one's gonna be fire as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I got this free sample from a customer this last week. He's been been a customer at the grow shop for a little while. Uh I think it's called Gutilla or something like that. It's like some weird name, strain name, but it's some sort of Kush. I can smell nothing but Kush here. And uh, it's got a pretty resiny. It's got some, take care of a little more humidity, just the extra heat, but pretty good stuff. Yeah, badass. Love it. I don't know if you can see that. One little nug left, so. Nice. Some sort of a purple strain. I'm not sure what it is. It's really sticky. My neighbor brought it over to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I will not be taking any more clones. <laughs> Uh-oh, what happened? I had a situation where uh, a friend of mine that I met on IG, we hooked up, we, we uh, swapped clones, and uh, yeah, yeah, and I put it in my bathroom for a couple of weeks, checked it out, checked it out, looked okay. It was a clone, you know, it was young. So then I stuck it, I stuck it in the clone. When it got into flower, I guess it had eggs in it in the dirt. Oh, so when it got into flower, I noticed. And it was just a few days before that you guys were talking about the little tracks on top of the leaves and the black spots and shit like that. So thank God I saw that program. So I'm sitting there looking at my plant and I'm going, what the hell is that shit? So I went over there and I'm looking at it and then I saw little black spots on it and I'm going, no fucking way. And this was the plant, the match that was given to me. Oh, shit. Oh, no. What do you got? Yeah. We're on suspect. Fine. So I took that plant and I took it and I threw it in the trash along with the pot and all the dirt and everything. Boom. Just threw it away. It was already in flower. It was probably about a month into it. So it had already been um, pistoling out and and it looked like it started having problems on the... I didn't even care. At that point, it was it was out of yeah. my heart. You know what I'm saying? It was dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. You so can't look at Well, yeah. So I looked at the next plant right next door to it. And there was 
three leaves that were infected. So it looks like they transferred from leaf over to it. I don't know right. how they transferred. What are you talking about, Johnny? What did you find on the leaves? I didn't catch that. Some more thrips. Thrips? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I threw that. So I threw four plants away. And all the dirt, everything, I just chucked it. And uh, emptied out my flower room a little bit. Yeah. But after that, I, I took all my... I, yeah, I took all the flowers out, and then I uh, I washed, uh, I cleaned out the tent, sterilized it, wiped everything down, and uh, went through each one of the plants with a fine tooth comb. And I've been I've been scoping them every day, and uh, so it did not get to my other plants. There you go. Yeah. So I, because I look at my plants every single day all day long what do you do for an ipm though john i mean are you are you spraying something weekly or are you no are you gonna i just i strictly well yeah yeah actually i'm gonna start uh well actually i have some stuff called 209 i don't know if you know what that is yeah yeah so i got that a long time ago 209 that's good stuff. Yeah, so I used to do that in my when it's going through the veg stage, I would do that. I would put that into the into the veg stage, but I never did put it into the uh, the flower because I didn't think the uh, the yep, that's the stuff right there. Yeah, so so that's that's basically what I have and I didn't realize that that was a PM <laughs> rookie mistake never tried and that stuff. control i like that one too can trooper not just because part of my like online name though yeah <laughs> that's funny no that shit works good though i've actually that's what i've really been once a week and fucking i haven't seen shit they've been now can you do that stuff in flower as well I wouldn't do it past week through. Yeah. See, now that's what I was worried yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, something like it, that, it, Johnny, where you got a plant that's infected, and if your heart was really in it and you wanted to keep that thing, you you realistically could probably strip that thing down, take the, you know, I mean, take a lot of the leaves off. You could probably. Well, if it's in the buds. Times if it's at week two or three or whatever. I mean, I mean, as long as the buds ain't really formed, but yeah, I mean, if you start to get any kind of girth to that you're not going to want to spray them at all so. oh no i i yeah i i had no i mean you can't no attachment to the bugs so once the bugs moved in the plant was not even viable to me right and you can spray it but you'll taste it like a motherfucker and i i don't know man i've smoked some other guys weed and enough other people's weed too and i know when they spray that shit you don't even they don't even have to say it you can fucking taste it right in the weed i mean it's if it's with the essential oils you can yeah what is yeah. it's like a rosemary right or something like that i don't know it just tastes like crap and usually it's got a pretty dark ash too if they sprayed real late yeah so i didn't want to spray stuff i'm just i'm just searching everything out if i see anything look i'll pull a leaf or two off a day and flip it over, check it out, look at everything. 
But no, you did, nice. you did right steps. I mean, cleaning out the infected plant, fucking taking care, seeing where it's getting treated. I was just kind of nudging you to go, hey, you know, you need to start treating with something. You know what I'm saying? You need to start spraying them with something. I mean, you can't. Well, now, now I'm going to start. I'm just going to do a soil drench every once in a while in my uh, veg, like every other week. Why a soil drench? Just spray the leaves, too. Spray the leaves, too? Yeah. With that, okay. with the soil drench? Uh, just in case there's anything in the soil. More for like the flies, you know? Yeah. I'm just not a big fan of like soil drenching stuff unless there's a real obvious reason that that's the only kind of last cause or something, you know? Well, that's well, that's what I did the last the last uh, couple of feedings. I did that through my bed, just because of what happened, you know. So it sounds like I should probably spray anyways, just for the heck of it. I mean, I, I would shoot the leaves, and then yeah, I mean, the root drenches. The only fear is like for the living soil. Like, what are you doing to the biology when you start root drenching? different stuff through it and that's the yeah only- i was concerned i was concerned about that because now after i did that a couple of times i did notice a little bit of uh well they don't look as healthy as they were before <laughs> and you say that yeah you know all right so so now i think i'm just going to start doing a bunch of top dressing with some worm castings and try to rebuild it back up again yeah you know try out a little bit too Neem oil. Yeah. Like the neem oil still can a trooper. What? Neat what? What? <laughs> I mean, I've never used it personally. I mean, it just always stunk to me, and it was something. There was other options, I should say. So I know it's the old school go-to, but yeah, I I used to use it outdoors just as a preventative. Um, when I was vegging uh in the spring uh in in the southeast, so it just kept bugs off from what i could tell but i was just more or less told that so that's why i did that and there's the health concerns with the neem that are kind of i i don't know if it's supported or not but it to me it was enough reason to not have to use it i guess so. yeah i, I it's just one of those things it's just that kind of out there that if people are looking for an answer it's just something that has been shown to have some results no doubt a lot of people confirm it works so yeah that was the big that was the big doctor enzyme out about it like what do you mean we can't use deem no more you know so, i don't know yeah i just piled mine in in the uh, trash can out there and called it good <laughs> that's smart man especially if you got other ones lined up ready to go and you got limited space I got a perpetual grow going. I can't have that yeah. in my flower room. I mean, it's through all different kinds of stages, you know. So I, I I lost a little bit of depth in my room right there, which is okay, you know. It just got the jelly in there a little quicker, you know. Now I got me some Amy Aces and jelly in there and some Sunny and Kazoo, Cocoa Berry Jones. So what do you just move in the next so, and whatever size they were and just fill up the tent again and well no they were they were staged and ready. Okay. You know, they were they were to the point where 
actually, I, I let them go a little longer just because I wanted to get a little more size out of these because I've been putting them in right at about one and a quarter, one and a half foot so that I can see what they grow like. You know what I mean? And then in the clone, I'll, I'll take that up a little bigger in my, uh, in my veg and then let that, because I feel that once you put it, once you put a clone in, I don't know now, this is just my naive mind thinking here, okay? I, I think that once you go through the seed and you've gone through the flower, but you take a clone beforehand, now that's gonna progress a little further and give you just a little bit more character. It's just what I've, I've, I feel. You know what I'm saying? Because I've had a couple of uh, clones come off of some of my other plants that seemed like they had a little bit more to it. You know, more uh, like the Cindy 99 had a little bit more blueberry this time on the uh, on the clone rather than in the initial seed. The development was further on, it seemed like. Does that make sense? Is that naive thinking or? Um, I think it makes sense. Makes sense, yeah. Because it's growing up, it's it's further on in its life, you know. And I think the next clone is going to have a little bit more to it too, because it's coming off of that one. A little bit more character, I'm saying. A little bit more armpit hair or chest hair, yeah. you know. Kind of mature. I mean, uh, like I've cloned several over the um, like Rascal Bears, going for multiple years and cloned it multiple times. And it seems to really have kind of adapted. Similar traits. And then it settled in, you know what I mean? Like it's a pretty consistent okay. growing plant now every time. Like, I don't know. It Not that it never was, but it was always like each round was like, huh. I, you know, like she would kind of just be a little better bush and like little, little. Uh, Express itself a little more. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, oh, I've never seen her, you know, branch out like that or whatever before. Right. So it's just, it's just, I, I look at it as kind of like expressive maturity, you know, you know? Different expression. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it's is just, it's just about because essentially that clone is the same mother. I mean, it's, you're cutting the clones, so whatever, you know, whatever phenotypical adaptation that mother, that, that first one was doing, and then it's going to adapt a little more and then you're going to cut a clone. But it, it, it's like this wild hair that I got growing out my... I didn't have that hair in my ear when I was younger. You know. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, with maturity, there's different stuff that comes into it, I'm saying. Could be. I don't know if it's expressing itself more fully. What do you think, Eagle? I think it will. There's multiple things I got to say here. Well, first of all, I'm wondering if you're cloning. It's your first round off a of seed plant. You're noticing, you know, some, it falling into play yes. the second round like that. Yeah. So it it must just be, you know, it's first time being cloned that it's just not used to being cloned in general. 
it's the first time for seed, but most time when you take a cutting off a new seed plant, man, then them cuttings are used to very uh, vigorous, man. They usually root pretty quick. Oh so, yeah. You know, I don't, you know, <laughs> what, but seed does. I'm tongue-tied like a motherfucker here. That's one of the things I've always... Is it, how many runs have you had on this in particular plant? Is this the first round that you ran from seed? Because a lot of times, that's I've said this a lot of times too, that you don't see a lot of what that plant has to offer until the second run, until it's exactly. fully matured. Yeah, so that's you, what I'm seeing. All right, if this is... If you, if this is your first run, your first clone off of it, yeah, you haven't seen the full expression of that plant. Exactly. I was thinking when now, I was I was kind of half-ass reading, listening, reading chat, listening. I thought you guys were talking more over like bringing a clone in and having it necessarily adjust into your room that first run, because a lot of no, times I'm, when you take a clone in from somebody else, it doesn't acclimate to your system, your run until a couple of runs. And I think, Smiley, you were talking about that uh, what a week or so ago with white cranberries. You didn't necessarily, the first time you ran it, it was like, eh. But this time around, it's probably a little bit more dialed into your system, your run. And you're now, you're like, oh, this is much better. Yeah, so when you take in clones. Clone of that one. Yeah, it was the third draw out of a clone of that one. So when you take in clones, you most definitely have to, you know, you don't see that plant that cultivars full traits in your environment until the second, third run. But when you're growing from seed, I've said that to every breeder I've ever worked with that's tried to get me to give that fucking report first round. It takes two. They don't want to, a lot yeah. of guys don't want to hear that, man. You have to run it. For, I like to run it naturally for once and then run it the, the second time. And then give my report because th there's a lot of shit that comes out in that second run that you didn't see in that cultivar the first time. It, exactly. You know, just, that's it, that's what I noticed. That's what I noticed. And it, and again, I think you know. Again, I was barely listening, but I think Smiley was touching on this too. Is uh, the maturity of that plant too? Now that may come into play a little bit if you didn't take it past sixty days from seed. There's no way that plant was even fully mature anyway, you know, as far as what you were going to see in flower. The later, the longer you let that thing veg, the more you'll see the true you know, expression of it. You may not have to see that second round. But if you're doing like seed 60 days and then flip, yeah, you're not going to see that full expression until the next round, I, in my opinion. And, and that's that's what I'm feeling. That's what I see as far. Now, I'm on my third clone on the Cindy 99 uh, Blueberry. And my second clone was uh, stout. Very solid. Just, it was just spears going up, you know. It was, this one here was a lot shorter, though, because of the way I trained. And... Uh, so these ones here, I think I'm going to let these guys here just grow out more naturally and just use a lot of pinch technique and, and low stress kind of like that and let them do what they're going to do naturally as far as from what they are. But I do like the fact that the Cindy 99 Blueberry, it, it's an easy clone. I mean, there's some that just fight you all the way through it, you know. 
they don't like cloning. And, and I've, I've had that on a couple of plants already where I just couldn't get them to clone. And Plains maybe it's like just that, my technique or whatever. Yeah, you're getting to be better. You're getting to know the plant better. The plant's getting to know your environment better. It's all like Ian and Jeff. Yeah. Like he's run one a few different times. He keep, you know, it keeps coming out better and better every time he runs it. And that's... Yeah. Oh. Like you say, maybe so I got lucky with the environment that run, or maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe everything went just perfect, like whatever. But... I didn't have any drips. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that, yeah. yeah so yeah that was that was uh so i've had my experience with thrips now that was exciting not really but it's not though <laughs> it's not though well it, it, it's an it, it made me gotta go through it it made me go through some uh, some anger issues too, because when the guy asked me the last time I talked to him, "Do you got bugs?" Oh, and that's, that's when I decided, well, I think I'll go take a look at my plants, because why the hell would somebody ask you if you've got bugs? Right. You know, back to your pride, you can't say I've never had bugs no more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a check off the list. <laughs> I always kind of laugh. Never had them. It's like, yeah, buddy, hey, buckle up. Oh, yeah, yeah, buckle up. Get ready, man, because they're coming. And, and you know, it's just, uh, it, it's shocking. I would, I would never do anything like that. If I even thought that I had anything, I would never even offer a clone. You know? I don't. It's I, just, don't I have stuff. I'm sorry, man. If you give me a clone, it's coming with mites and spite. It's a test. I, <laughs> People don't know. Know. Hey. I don't know. <laughs> That's the crazy shit, man. I tell you. Well, anyways, it is what it is. You know? It's an experience. Experience. I learned it. I, I felt like I, I did a good job at taking care of it. You know, I just did a like put the vacuum cleaner on it. Fucked everything out. Cleaned it all up, man. <clears throat> yeah, to think you're going to get a clean clone is kind of, uh, I don't know. I just think it's setting yourself up for a failure there. So, like, you should just. Yeah, I whatever clone you're taking it has it'll be for me shit on already <laughs> this plant. any clones i take will be for my own plants you know <laughs> especially if you can treat them in a way that that's not going to be um you know harmful to the plant's growth or whatever like i don't know yeah getting crazy spraying them a bunch of times or whatever might not be the best plan but like definitely taking steps to treat them is fucking even your own clones, man. Like, you should be dunking your own clones, too. You know? That's just a step in the process. Like, I mean, especially if you're not spraying, at least when you take a cutting and you before you put it in the dome or in the whatever, in the air cloner, whatever you're doing, just fucking dunk it in a, a solution. Use that SNS at a quarter strength of what you'd pull your spray. 
or like um, you know, nice sulfur or what sulfur or something. But at least it's a step. You know what I mean? If something's there, at least you're not putting it in your dome with your phone. You're trying to root. You know, like hopefully. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So I mean, yeah. Just, so that yeah, that freaked me out. Yeah. Um, but that's the biggest problem is like, you know, like a, a lot of us, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, first time gardeners or whatever. And like, there are certain best practices for stuff and there's reasons to follow those, you know, like it's just a matter of learning and expanding the craft, but, you know, like taking good steps from other, you know, other crops that they cultivate and would study and learn a lot about is smart, you know. That's yeah. Dunking them is from Suzanne Wainwright. She was the one fucking telling everybody, "You're idiots, fucking be dunking that shit." I don't know. All right, it's almost four twenty, guys. All right, let's do that. Yeah. I got one loaded up. I'm ready. That's <laughs> enough. I'm down. Yeah, let's do Somewhere. that. Yeah. <clears throat> Coming. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. We'll smoke a joint, I think. Good call, Mr. Noble. Good call. to give uh, Lemon Hoko a shout out for uh, hooking me up with uh, Kaya there and Blast Coast. Both of those were uh, leads from Lemon. Appreciate that, brother. Yeah, awesome content, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do a quick shout for the uh, the guy who sponsored this bowl pack. Thanks, Cleaner. Stuff's good. <coughs> oh, it's the one that gave this one to me free. This girl is good. And I'm still smoking on that for forever. He goes like, that's been gone for like a fucking half year now. I want to shout out. To Lemon Hoko for letting me be a part of the tester team. Oh, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. He's gonna, uh, I got some, some, uh, of those God Donget. It's called God Donget or something like that. Gone Dog? Yeah. It's like, it's a mix, it's one of those mixers. Yeah, I've got a. John Dog Mimosa in my in my garden right now. Nice. From yeah. Lemon Hoko too, Johnny, or is it? What's that? Is that from Lemon Hoko too? Is that where? No, I got I got this one Evolve here. Four twenty. Uh, Evolve four twenty. Okay. All right. Yes. Yes, I got I got three of his strains that are growing in my in my garden right now. 
And the uh, <laughs> the Gondog Mermosa is in its uh, clone stage right now. And it's uh, looking pretty healthy. I like it. Cool. I'm stressing the crap out of her. Why? Because I want to. Okay. This is where <laughs> I get to. This is where I get to bring the character out of her. You know what I'm saying? No, not really. Yeah, that's what I. <laughs> I do happy, that. Man, it makes some happy girls. You don't got to stress them out. And no, this is where I want to. Instead of letting the plant do what it wants to do, this is when I make the plant do what I want it to do. What are you talking about, like training it or something? Yeah, I train it. Right. Yeah. yeah, you gotta do that. I'm just saying, like, yeah, don't stress them, like. Oh no, I'm not stressing them out. I'm just. That's for I'm the, making, the the breeders I'm, to do or whatever. But yeah, I mean, if you're just running them, just run them, fucking make them happen. Yeah, I'm, I just want to see what they'll do. Yeah. You know, it's a race car. I mean, you know, you got to put some bigger tires on it. <laughs> you know, you got to put a different carburetor. You know, see what you know. You know, that's kind of what I'm talking about. I'm just kind of souping her up a little bit, making her do have more branches that are going up. You know, so. No, I'm down with. I get it with the training. That's what are you using? What are you doing for training? Um, like super I'm, cropping. Well, here I'll 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 show you what I've done to her. Oh, yeah, garden too. Big boar kid. <laughs> That's her right there. Nice. Yeah, man. See, I got I got her spun around this way. I got her coming around this way. Nice. You know, and, and a bunch of a bunch of tops on her, you know? Yeah, it's All like a manifold, it. right? Chinese, yeah. Yeah. I dig it, man. Nice work. So I, so I spread her out so she, you know, she has a little bit more action. Yep. You know? No, that definitely helps, man. It'll it'll kinda end up looking like it'll kinda end up looking like that one. Very nice. Look at that right. Which is which is deep. You know? How how far in the flower is it, Johnny? Oh, that yeah. one there. Is that an auto or is that no, this is uh this is a this is Kineo cheese. Oh hell yeah. There's fat nugs on there, man. Oh yeah. yeah look at that bitch. Uh, it's got she's got stuff all over him. Pretty consistent too across there. That's nice, uh that's nice work. So I've got this is my anniversary month. I've got one year of growing under my belt now. Well congrats, man. Congrats, man. This is my this is my purple Herplata Mosa. This is a evolved genetics right here. Oops. So, Damn, I just knocked my Johnny in one year. All right. Hey. That was crazy. She's cracked. I like that. Knocking my shit all over the place. Yeah. It was kind of precariously set up there. 
and it is still a little precariously set up. But anyways, yeah. So what's your biggest lesson you learned in a year of growing? Uh, I won't take uh, clones. Right. True that, man. That was my most important lesson. Uh, the the best lesson I've gotten is from the soil. As in, what do you mean? As in how I build it. Okay. Because I build my own soil. So you always have, I've, you've always built your own? Yeah. Really? Okay. I've been doing that since about the, uh, since about four or five months into it. Yeah, and no I started. Uh, learning curve, man. You start doing your own. It's for sure even more of a learning curve. So. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I basically jumped into this head first. I didn't even. I did a lot of studying. I did eight months of studying of all the different things that I wanted to do. Yep. And and this this first year has just been like an experimental kind of. It's been fun. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's your learning. It's a you know that's what it all is, and it's always learning. And I, by something. And I started off with a perpetual grow too, so I wasn't slow growing at one plant at a time. I was going. You know, yep. it's been, yeah, and, and I got that idea from Eagle. <laughs> That's why it's cool. Then there's guys like Eagle have been growing for decades. Yeah, freaking, exactly. You know, because every year awesome. you're learning something new, man. And just think, like, all the stuff you learned in this year, I mean, multiply that by. 20 and that's fucking you know what i mean that's what some, a lot of these guys are knowing that are sharing you know it's oh the amount of stuff that i've learned off of this program here has just been uh phenomenal i mean my perpetual grow the way i set up my uh my air going through my tent and everything i did all that off of what evil does through his so i was uh sponging off of eagle's uh design you know what i'm saying Right on, Eagle. Thank you. Props to you. <laughs> Thanks for picking something up, I guess. But like Smiley says, man, fucking you always learning. Shit, I'm learning. Always. Smiley, some organics tips. Yeah. And and I'm getting a lot of stuff out of that. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's where we make mistakes. Is you know, stay you know, sitting on that platform thinking that you've learned enough. You know, that goes for anything in life, you know. Once once you sit there and go, oh, I've learned it, you know, enough, and then you're at work going, Well, why did that guy over there get a fucking raise? <laughs> well, probably because <laughs> he's learning the next step. <laughs> you quit learning. That guy's moving on, fucking learning something new. She's never quit learning. I mean, there's always something new in every field you know i do think think you've learned enough from there there's always something related you can learn to what was that i was gonna say i do think that's kind of the draw for a lot of guys to organics like the guys that have been growing a, a certain way a long time is because it's like like you just said it's a whole new thing to start learning about you know what i mean like they like if you've already learned everything about a flood and drain table it's kind of like you know, eh, it's flood and drain table or whatever. Like, 
this is a whole new avenue to start diving down and being like curious about again or whatever. There's a lot of it too. And, you know, I, I'm quite guilty of that shit smiling. You know, I've been set in the regiments most of the career. You know, I mean, I've been in soil, you know, at some point, but even back then it was still with the mindset that, you know, putting something else on it, it wasn't just water only some type of nutrient system at that every um i can honestly say most of my career it's been some type of nutrients you know it being either liquid salt whatever but it's always been some type of schedule do this here do that there you know a little bit of you know got problem give that guy a call or add some more of that you know whatever talk to a friend organics is a whole new road a whole new understanding on how you know those ag things are actually falling into place and operating you know it's like understanding how the motor operates now not necessarily just what fuel to dump into it you know what i mean it's a whole whole new phase in the game. Yeah. i'm excited to listen to that book you keep shouting out too you know i'm drawing a blank on the name now <laughs> shit Some dirt dirt cure Dirt cures. Dirt cures, yeah. That was funny how you said that too, Eagles. That was funny how you said that too. Have you, have you read this book? You could have wrote this book. <laughs> Seriously, could have, man. Well, it was what was weird was, uh, and you know what I thought was really weird is it worked on both levels. I seen in that uh, episode. Both he picked my mind or picked up on my frequency and what I had been reading <clears throat> or listening to before the show. And it, it was no coincidence that you know, I didn't, you know, wasn't even listening to it gearing up to the episode. I was just more or less kind of <laughs> fed up about content on YouTube was like getting a little. Uh, so I was like, I, I'm, I need to dive into something new. So I was listening to the book. So he picked up on what I was listening to. Okay. I thought that was kind of wild. I was like, man, I will, you know, it's weird. He just said practically everything I just heard in the last hour and a half. It for real, it seemed like he had honestly listened to that chapter with me or knew what I had listened to. Okay. I thought that was kind of weird. But then I kind of later on was talking about the hash. And the difference in the, you know, the uh, seeded bud, the buds and the seeded bud. And he was that. just earlier in the day talking to somebody else about the difference in the hash that he had made from the seeded bud. Now, I mean, what are the coincidences of that, that I picked up on a conversation he had earlier and he had picked up on kind of something I had taken on earlier in that day. You know, I thought that was kind of wild. I, I picked up on Zone Wild, dude. You know, I like the fact that he took he took that experiment. Now he's gonna run with it. That's cool too, man. That'd be sweet. I think that is Eagle. He, he just opened up his eyes in a whole nother way that he didn't even think. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, he had already said it. It was talked about. But... No, he, this was this was different. The idea that he came up with was, oh yeah, I could I could do that. You know, oh, and he gave him side side, yeah. the idea of it. Yeah, the idea of the experiment. You know, 
I think that's that's tight. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's you know, when that first, you know, that's. I mean, a lot of guys have kind of dodged that one too, and been like, ah, I don't know, I don't know. But I mean, he was kind of like, yeah. I mean, there's definitely been talk of guys saying it's quite different, you know. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's just a whole another level of something else to think about that might have some kind of a benefit, you know? Yeah. This plant is amazing, you know? You guys were totally vibing. I, I totally, I enjoyed that show a lot, as well as with the uh, the previous one, uh, Blessed Seed. He was, uh, Blessed Coast Seeds, he was really good too. Impressive. I'm sure all very of them. Cool. Keep in the, yeah, very uh, impressive. Breeders they got. Yeah, thank you, Lemon Hoko. That, those were some uh, definitely good content, good people. Yeah, if there's anybody else out there that's got content people that you think will be good for the show, talk to them. Introduce them to Eagle. Let's get this stuff going here because this stuff here is like, this is food, you know, that we need to eat. Yeah. It's that Make important. You know, throwing that out there too. Yeah. You know, another thing I was about those two, I would thought, well, three actually, Lemon, Bless, and uh, of course, Kaya there. I, th I thought was really impressive. And I said that to Kaya was uh, the little group there, you know, or it's not a little group, you know, the Northwest 47, you know, how some breeders actually working together, sharing the knowledge with one, any, one another, possibly some cuts. You know, but what more, moreover, working together for proper breeding and respect to one another, and, you know, doing collabs and doing it the right way. Actually, that's, I think that's where it all fucking necessarily gets a little squirrely in the breeding industry right there is people take stuff. And I think that some of these people that put these strains out and don't necessarily get credit, you know, for being part of the equation. I don't necessarily think it should be a financial credit or whatever, just a nod. You know what I mean? I took this guy's fire strain and, you know, crossed it with this. A lot of times I don't, you know, get mentioned or whatever. I think uh, that's why the work done. people get pissy. And, yeah. yeah. You're right, you know, why not? You, like you said, you know, somebody else has put in that work up to there. Why not give them the nod and go, okay, I've taken it from here. This is what I've been working with, whatever. It's cool that somebody's doing it. <laughs> well, let me uh, let me just say I, I didn't I didn't uh, mention Kazoo Kush because he was the one that sent me the uh, Sunny and Kazoo, as well as the uh, um, he also sent me one the Cocoberry Jones, but white genetics, and uh, so props to those. And the but and the uh, Cocoberry Jones is actually a CBD brand. So I'm excited about that because of the, since I can't take pain medicine, this is going to be my pain medicine. That's what I'm looking to do. Right on, man. Right on. It's the dirt cure. I was typing it in chat, but then I can open mic there. Try to bring it up here. 
Smiley, I need your stickers in my room. Yeah. I'm Smiley, I'll get order in the jar. Hit me up with your address, brother. <laughs> fucking, uh, I said, yeah, I need some I'll stickers in my room too. No, that's. <laughs> you know what's funny is, I heard that in my head, Smiley. I swear to God, I didn't even look up, but I was thinking he was. Pro that's probably what he's saying right now as I was looking down. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's I, it. Yeah, it doesn't show the author. Somehow there's a way I can flip that and it shows the author. Anyway, my uh. Oh, I, I typed it, it in yeah. chat. It's yeah, because you can I can read it or whatever, but sure burn claim or something like that. Oh, it's at the very top there. Let's yeah. See if I can get it there. I typed it in off from that in chat. So if you scroll up, and, yeah, yeah. Hey, how do you how do you yeah, see it? It's right. How below. do you put a picture? How do you put a picture on your screen? Uh, you gotta let share. I let you share a screen, so you gotta ask. Well, me, like a little kid. Well, trying to hold on the well I was gonna, I was gonna show off the uh, <laughs> I grew some's logo that he made for me. You know, I don't know if you guys have all seen that or not. Uh -huh. Yeah, he made me. He made me a uh, something that I could throw into a slap as well. Badass. So, there you go. Yeah, I don't know I how I to see that on IG, Johnny. But yeah, bring it up. Yeah, I think I did. I know. You're... Just press share on your phone and then find the picture, and then hit OK. Sure. No, I grew some a badass artist, man. I, I love seeing all the pictures he's drawn. Cool. Oh my it gosh. Right in the middle. Like, yeah, I like seeing that he's doing it more, and I like seeing the more of it coming out. It's cool, man. I hope he keeps it up. I like yeah, to, get I to say that I got to be the first slap. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I grew so. <laughs> That's fucking badass. Ten years from now, you'll be like, "That was the fucking first slap." <laughs> right. <laughs> When he's got to doing everybody and shit, I'll still be yelling that out ten years later. Can you see it, rad, man? Yeah, man. Is that, is that badass or what? That is. Punch your third eye. That's my dog. <laughs> my dog. That's my dog, man. He put my he put my dog in it. Yeah, that's awesome. He's got my dog's face in there. I think that's so cool. That's my little uh. I got a little guardian, guardian, or garden guardian that I, I showed a little back, a little uh, Star Wars kind of when I grew some, saw, saw that, yeah. and he saw my dog and stuff like that, you know, and, you know, he just incorporated it. I think he did such a fantastic slap. I can't draw for shit. I mean, just, I mean, the illustration is just amazing. I, yeah. Isn't that great? And and that was just his idea of something that he put together for me. I didn't even ask him to make anything special. You know what I'm saying? That makes it even cooler. 
so on. when he put and when he threw that to me i just went man that is so unique you know <laughs> yeah so I, I i loved it i think you did a did a fantastic job there. so i gotta try to track down my fucking pc tomorrow i forgot what? to make the call today but uh, yeah I got a fucking email from HP. I got like the box in the mail, like the return box Tuesday. I packed that fucker in the box, took it to the FedEx dropped off station. Same day, same day, bing, bang. Fucking yesterday, late yesterday, I get an email from HP that says, we have still not received your product yet. And I'm thinking... Well, you fuckers better check your tracking or something because it's done been dropped off. So now I got to go fucking shake the tree at the fucking dropout center and make sure it got picked up. But nonetheless, it ain't fixed yet. You know what I'm saying? It's not on the oh, turnaround man. time yet. I, yeah, no, I've got like Apple computers and like iPads and stuff coming in and like Apple just like, oh, that, like it's going to be delayed again. Like it's 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 a season. I went to the Apple Store yesterday with my uh, my adopted mom, and I'll I'll tell you what, <laughs> it is it's a fiasco. I mean, they got people lined up down the street in front of the Apple Store, and the Apple Store is not the Apple Store anymore. It's 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 a walled off thing with a couple of windows. And oh yeah. It's all about no service anymore. It's it's all curbside stuff now. Um, like we're all everybody's starting to do like an e-commerce and then a curbside. Um, I mean that's what we're starting to do now too. They're gonna have real time uh, inventories uh, for each individual store onto uh, on the internet for and that's how most stores are gonna start going now. Is what it looks like. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Good evening, gentlemen. What's up, Lemon Hoko? How you doing, man? Oh, great show tonight uh, with Kai on. What's up, brother? Yeah, I just caught the end of it, but Thank that was uh, that was cool. Good to see Kai on. Yeah, he's he's oh, got great you vibe. For, uh, the lead. Oh man, yeah, now you got <laughs> uh, Bus Coast. Both of them great guys, man. Great guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Titan. I've known Titan for. Shit, since he was 18 years old, since he was a young kid, and look at him now. And then, uh, you guys got to witness, you know, something that, uh, I, I had a chance to do with Kaya every month. We used to have, uh, safety meetings, me, Kaya, Exotic, Thunder Fudge. We'd sit around and just talk about strains and breeding. Look what I grew this month. You know, you want to try some of this? And I mean, we got fucked up by the time of our end of our meeting. It was a fun, That's fun the kind time. Of I like. Oh, it was, it was really fun time. You know, there's a lot of business that was talked uh, back then, too, because we had, uh, like you were talking about with the Northwest 47, we had to coordinate. It was more like a union against the uh, UKC banks because they were uh, really taking advantage of a lot of uh, us U.S. breeders. And we couldn't do nothing about it. So what we did was we kind of uh, uh, said, if you want seeds from me or you want seeds from Kai, you better pay exotic, that kind of thing. You know, we got to get paid before any of us sell uh, sends you seeds anymore. So we kind of held that against them, and it worked. We got paid after after a while. But 
<laughs> Most of us did anyway. Uh, exotic kind of got burned. Uh, THC farmer kind of did him wrong. And Kyat, you know, we kind of stepped away from THC farmer all at the same time. It was, uh, I got paid exotic and Kaya kind of only got half paid. And they said later, but that's the business, man. When you get burned, like, I was, if I would have got burned, it was only like 5,000, 2,000 bucks. It wasn't that much, but Kaya and Exotic, you know, they're playing with a lot of seeds and uh, shipping a lot of product and they're going, it, it, when they got burned, it was 50 grand, 40 grand. You know, that's a big hunk <laughs> and uh, it's not nice to get burned like that. I think people don't realize that, that like it, like that. I think that people in some aspect fucking just think that yeah, the shitty end of it. Oh, you, he made them seeds. That ain't fucking twenty thousand dollars. It is fucking. I don't care how you look at it. If you made it or not, it's fucking twenty grand. It's a done deal. When it, when A met B, it was an agreement. But you know, it is a lot like that. And I'm, you I remember you talking about this when we talked. You know, a lot of the business and a lot of it still to this day is fronts, both, you know, the black market operated on fronts, both in, that's the way things got done, both on the flower end and both on the end that you're talking about right there. And you're right. A lot of people did get fucked in them bank deals. A lot of people still getting fucked on them deals. I remember some right before he died, still same thing overseas people sent some fucking ship and never got fucking money from Canadian fucking banks. Same fucking thing. You know, and it happens more than a lot of people talk about. But and I, it's sad. And that's another one of those ends where Thickness, how do you go? hard feelings are passed around the community and you know, unspoken why. But yeah. Check this out. You go, it's, okay. It's you know how when you, you make uh or you, you grow bud and then you make hash out of it. You turn around and sell it. You know, sometimes it's on a front, but you get paid within a short amount of time enough to, to, to turn around and pay your, your electrical bills and your other bills. Right. But in the sea game, what we were doing is sending our seeds over to UK and uh, like logic would say, you know, uh, you're not going to get paid for at least uh, three, the first uh, quarter after the first quarter of the year. So it was like, we have to wait three months at least before we got paid on our first drop. And then, you know, you got to remember, we're sacrificing our flower space to make these seeds. And we don't get paid like the regular flower sellers were getting. We had to wait for our money. Maybe it was a little bit more in the percentage per weight. But we had to go through the same kind of hassle, if not more. I mean, there's times when I, I, I didn't get paid for my product after a year and a half. It's and more. That's when I got paid. Yeah. It's more, Lemon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it was, it was it's ridiculous. It's more weight because... You have to, you have, it's a lot more of the way you can grow and flip flower in fucking six, eight months. Now in your, in your game and what you're talking about, it's a hell of a lot longer because you got to fucking make them seeds. Well, you got to find a mom and dad, put them together. You got to put that strain together. Not only do you have to put the strain together, you got to fucking make people want it. And now that, that don't happen overnight. This is half my argument in the price of seeds. That shit don't happen overnight. You have to spread it around a little bit. Make people fucking know it's good. Not, and that's after testing. You have to have to make a market for it. 
then things will yeah. trickle out and get in sale. From the time you've concepted that seed, the first round of sellable seed, to the time you actually make money is years down the road. And like you said, you've got fucking time, labor, electricity, nutrients into that shit, and you still haven't gotten that one cent back into your return yet. And you still oh, yeah. have to get it out to Eagle. the banks and whatever, and you're waiting for that cash to come in. Eagle, you know, I, I, matter if it costs you and they agreed on a price and the dude didn't pay it so there that's where that it, shit boils down Fucking don't. It, it, you know i got projects i've already got like f- between five and seven years of work into that i still not i haven't even made a penny off of them yet because they're not ready for release you know it's just uh i'm working down the lines and stuff and once once they're ready then yeah i'll, I'll make my bank on them but it's got to be done right you know not, then i won't feel guilty about releasing them and 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 making money off them because they did it right. You know, that's just the way the game is. Yeah, you got you everybody got it has to get paid for for their work. You know what I mean? It, it's just the way our, our system works, and uh, nobody should be doing this for free. Um, I mean, I got to pay my electric electric bills, so I got to sell enough seeds to pay electric bills. But other than that, that's what I that's what drives me is is um, I try to make enough money to where I'm, I'm you know I'm comfortable, but. After that, I'm not trying to get rich. What I try to do is spread the love. There's a lot of uh, vets that need uh, medicine. There's a lot of uh, people that have their houses burned down that need medicine. You know, in our industry, I, we used to have all kinds of shit and, and um, not not giveaways, but uh, fundraisers. And I, I've been kind of hesitant about getting involved with some of these fundraisers because I've been burnt where, you know, given thousands of dollars worth of seats and they never were sold or whatever. But um, that's why I'm a little bit hesitant about fundraisers, but there's a lot of need and there's a lot of new growers that even not new growers, there's old growers that can't afford it. Look at our hard times. Nobody's working anymore. Right. So how can people go out and, and, and justify buying seeds when they got to eat? You know, so I think somewhere down the line, uh, people that are making it in this business, has got, you know, we got to share the love back to the community, I think a little bit at least. So I, I, I try to do giveaways, and, and especially my testers. It's not just so much. I don't look at as testers as being free. It's a, it's an exchange. You're giving me a little bit of your garden space and giving me a feedback of what my uh, genetics are doing uh, for these free genetics that you can do whatever you want with. You can breed to them. You could you could uh, have cuttings. I mean, every every pack I make, I always release them with the thought that you're going to that person's going to find a keeper that they're going to be able to pass down to their generations and, and be happy with. And that's, that's why I make my seeds. That's, that's the whole purpose of it. I prefer to see people buy from direct from breeders, to be honest with you, a hundred percent than these banks. The banks are nice. You can get a whole swath of different cultivars in a couple of clicks. <clears throat> but as you've kind of hinted to there, I'll let me, you don't know how long this shit's been sitting there. You know, there's a lot of factors into that. You can get a fresher stock from the breeder. You may even get a better deal. Freebies from that guy. You can always uh, go back to the breeder that you contacted, you know, and ask him questions about that cultivar all the way through. You're not going to get that kind of attention from, you know, a seed bank. And, you know, there's just... There's so much more perks into trying to deal with one-on-one. Here's with, the difference the from 
from about five years ago to now, um, even for before five years ago, before five years ago, most of the uh, breeders in the U.S. were depending on selling our seeds over in UK. I mean, or can't, I mean, just UK was the market. I mean, we had to, we had to send our seeds over there because that's, it was the safest place to uh, sell seeds in bulk. Um, but now here uh, in the U.S. the last five years, what I've noticed is a lot of these seed banks are coming up with uh, uh, workable funds to where they can come out and pay uh, you up front for your seeds and it works like any other business. They pay you up front, you send them the seeds. Um, but there are some, some uh, seed banks that want you to send seeds first, but it's still an exchange. It's an even exchange and it's right away. So I don't have a problem with the U.S. seed banks right now. And we are, uh, as far as I'm concerned, they're going to pay me what I ask them, uh, ask for my seed. So I have no problem with it. And I am going to be dropping with seeds here now, uh, James Bean. Uh, I'll probably be doing a show with him in a, in a couple of weeks when I do my drop just to help uh, promote my, my drop. Um, but um, other than that, uh, Kaya, I don't, I don't, I don't think he mentioned it, but he's actually, he, he, and, and it's going to be, I don't know why he's even holding it back as a secret because he's going to do it pretty soon. He's probably already doing it now. He's going to be opening up his own seed bank and that'll be the other place that I dropped with uh, probably number one place I dropped with is Kaya. He, he's always been good to me. So, yeah, he's he's a good dude. He's uh he's everything that you guys read on the screen. The vibe is true. He there's no lie about that dude. I've known him for you know a good fifteen years. And let me tell you, he didn't tell you guys this story. And uh, you guys need to know this about him. Um, his his last baby, uh, uh, little boy, he was about four years old, five years old now. But his wife was going into labor and. They were going over the Narrows Bridge. He lives on the far side of Narrows Bridge, and they had to come into Tacoma for the hospital. And there was so much traffic that day that uh, they were stalled on the bridge, and she wasn't going to stop with the baby. The baby was coming. So Kaya delivered his own son right there on, on I-5 or right off of I-5. It was, oh, and I heard about it. it was oh, awesome. man. Yeah, it was awesome. That's amazing. That is amazing. The... Uh... Scary and amazing all in one, man. I bet he was a ball of nerves with that. Oh, man. He was, when I talked to him, you know, the next day, he was just, uh, he's smiling from ear to ear. He was just so, he was glowing. He was just, it was just an experience. He said that he was blessed to have that experience. Fuck, it's a rush. Are you kidding me? Yeah. (laughs) To try to be the fucking dude doing it. I couldn't imagine that. That'd be crazy. I've, I've seen that dude he, he stood and i mean i've seen him on the news and he ta- we talked about it before because it was a big medical thing and, and um they were trying to uh eliminate medical at the time and push recreational and he was speaking up for the medical community and he went to olympia the the, the state capitol and he stood in front of all these people the, the senators and congressmen and all that and the news people i mean there must have been 500 people in, in that you know in the in city hall or whatever he, wherever it was but the night before he was like man i don't know if i can do this i don't know if i'm the right person and it's like kaya you are the right person i mean you're here for a reason and man you should have seen you should have listened to what he had to say it just he had the same vibe as uh, then as he did tonight i mean people really listened to him when he, when he talked it was uh, amazing 
and, and, and you know, I don't want to short uh, Titan either. T- Titan, he's got his own history with uh, Subcool. When I first met met him, he was he was uh, so called Subcool's little brother. That's what everybody knew him as, Subcool's little brother. And we didn't really know it was just a, a thing that Subcool said. You know, we thought I thought it was it was for real, but he, Titan finally told me he goes, "No, no, Subcool just said that." Uh, so everybody treat me right. So, but but he was a uh, man. He he was a, a brave kid. I don't know if you guys know the story, but he got caught underneath a metro bus uh, on his riding around on his yeah. little motorcycle, and and broke his back. And from about seventeen and a half up, he he hadn't been the same. So he he's done a lot. Of, you know, he's been through a lot of struggles, especially mentally. Imagine being a kid at the start of your life and then having your legs taken away from you. Dude, he's got an amazing perspective on it. That was inspirational as hell. Like he was like fucking man, oh, yeah. run gardens with thousands of square foot and shit, and like this thing's only but an opportunity for me. Like, I don't know, that's well, Smiley, whenever you know, I have a herniated disc, and whenever I I'm in pain, I want, don't want to go out in my garden. I always think about Titan. It's like fuck that. <laughs> if he can do it, I can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that amazed me. There's a few guys that garden from wheelchairs, and shout out to that man because that's fucking badass. I don't know how I, I I don't know. That'd be that'd be just a, a he, an easy excuse to say you couldn't, right? Like I don't know, like for MMP, MMMP. Yeah, like yeah, fuck yeah, man. And look, look at the stuff that he does. I mean, he's outdoor with it too, like rolling around. I know. Yeah. How the fuck he does yeah. that? Like, I honestly don't. You should have somebody right? inside just so we can see what. Because, like, I guarantee you, man, it's fucking hard work for him, man. You know, there's another really it's good it. spirit that I want to bring into the the chat. If Eagle, if you'll have him, uh, it, it, his name's Doc D. I don't know if you guys know him, but he, oh, please, do it. He's very soft spoken guy, but he's he's incredible with his. Uh, uh, his genetic theories and, and, and his practices and and uh i'm blessed to have him as a friend also i've known him for a dozen years too even before he got into the seed business so and, and then you know he, he was uh, he hung around with bodie for a couple but for i don't i think all summer uh two summers ago they went down to south america together and, and i mean he <laughs> he was sending me pictures every weekend and stuff of his trip and that was just badass to see all that you know I was, it was like riding along with him and bodie seeing all the the landscape and all the the, the cultivars that they're running into it was just amazing i wish i, I, I wish i would have saved some of those pictures i didn't even think about saving those damn pictures that would have been fucking amazing if i would have saved them shared them yeah bodie so run boy sorry guys no, no. run boy seven four two six it was just titan not thc titan not thc titan and I wanted to say about that, I actually remember him as Titan. The whole Bless Coast thing, uh, I didn't, you know, that that's that was all new. But when he said, he was telling me about Subcool and all that, he said Titan, I immediately fucking, it clicked. I, I remembered. As you, soon as he said, I told him yeah. that. I said, I remember you as Titan now. I, you know, I don't remember Bless Coast, but I remember Titan. Yeah, I remember all that. But uh, Eagle, even back, even back oh, then when he was a kid, when he was like 18, oh, you should have seen the flowers he was producing. Oh, my God. That dude could grow even at 18 years old. You know, it's just amazing. He's got he's got the touch. He's really got the love for the plant. The other thing I wanted to say real quick, I got to run to the bathroom. Ah, but uh, 
uh, who was it here? One of these guys wanted to know what ex genetics you were wanting or you're excited about working with currently, Lemon, and where they could get a hold of you to uh, get some of your gear. Run boy well, seven four two six again. I'm not. I don't get too excited about a lot of new genetics because it's. I'm kind of locked into uh, just about a dozen different strains that I'm working. I've been working for the last uh, 15, 16 years, but uh, some of the new stuff uh, I've been working since I've got her back in my garden was the Big Sur Holy Weed Mom. Uh, she's amazing. She's got the Lemon Pledge uh, Terpene Fino. Um, really kind of stings your nose when you when you sm smoke her. Um, good producer um not really super good in bag appeal compared to a lot of the uh, modern day uh weed but she you know she she does a job i mean it's not just about how how she looks it's how she smokes um the next the other one that i kind of crossed into the big sur holy weed was uh bodie's uh 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 it was a black triangle i i really like the taste of that one i had a little bit of a lemony uh chem doggy flavor i don't know if you guys uh i'm sure everybody's tasted a good chem dog but that's uh that was one of my favorite uh i like anything chem dog so that's that's me i've been really concentrating on a lot of the chem dog lines i've got a lot of um i bred to chem sis i've got her locked up in seed form with some crosses i've got chem the only thing i the only cross i don't have or the uh chem i don't have is the 91 which is the the one that everybody wants and i had her in my hands but i lost her my dad got sick uh, this last year but i had a uh, skunk va's cut and i got to that through uh, doc d who got it through bodie so i'm kind of blessed to be able to be on that uh, little chain of uh, uh clones being passed down but but you know i, I give them back i think bodie's been playing around a little bit with my uh black uh, big sir holy weed and I know Doc D has been breeding to her, so uh, that's pretty cool. Um, my Chem Double D uh, has been a long-term project. I really like uh, the Double D lines because you got a little bit of sour diesel in there, and then across to the to the garlic tones of the garlic D or the Chem D, and you got, I mean, just a really nice mixture of uh, terpenes. Um, basically, in, in the Chem Double Ds, you'll find. Um, three distinct terpenes one will be garlic which is about 30 percent of uh the yield or 30 percent of the females when you plant them you'll probably find one out of three as a uh, a garlic pheno and then there's a pheno that i call the puppy breast pheno uh, which is my favorite and that's a little bit more rare i would say it's probably about 20 to 10 percent is when it pops up and a lot of times uh, people won't keep that one around because it's not as tight on the bud formation but um it's a plus everywhere else i mean that was my favorite and that was my actually it was my high time uh entry in the last uh seattle high times cup was uh the puppy breath like, you know it smells and smokes like a puppy's breath is that what you're saying yeah yeah you know how puppy you know like a five six week old puppy right when they get the nursing yeah, and yeah. stuff is that i like that smell i don't know why but it's just soothing to everybody me everybody likes that smell man. <laughs> mother's milk yeah yeah so yeah. I, it's it's my favorite pheno and, and it's there it's there out of those uh, uh, d, uh double d lines and i and i crossed the double d to back to um chem d bodhi's cut and that's actually uh if you want to if it's te technically it's a, a chem d back bx but i'm not going to call it that it's just uh, uh i call it a triple d but that's all over there's like 
four or five different phenols that I, I found just in my first run out of uh, 10 plants. Half of them were males. So I kept a nice male. We'll see how the F2s come. And anybody that wants to run any of these chem dogs and test for me, jump on my, my Discord server or I'll come here and drop them on Eagle's channel or something. Um, but as soon as I make them, I'm going to be dropping them all over because I'll have a lot of testers coming. So um, yeah, it'd be uh, really cool to see you guys growing some of the stuff that I'm working on. Yeah, you could drop oh, some chem, chem bombs in my you room. You absolutely can <laughs> come here and drop fire oh. genetics around this community. Oh, believe me. No. I, I, <laughs> no. My problem That's is illegal. that I haven't, I haven't had enough people growing them out. Because here, here's the problem with the you, – you guys don't – I don't think you guys know this, but – um. And a lot of breeders know this and, and anybody that's listening, that's a breeder that has been a breeder knows exactly what I'm talking about. 10 years ago when, you know, it was kind of new and there's a lot of new breeders coming up. Um, our, the biggest problem with a lot of breeders. And, and I think that's the reason why a lot of people don't test is because we were getting ripped off. We were sending out hundreds of seeds, packs of seeds, and nobody would grow them out. So it would cost us a lot of money just to try to stay in the game and we would get nothing back for it. And it really discouraged a lot of people from testing. I think that that's what happened with the industry on testing. So I want to get that back going again, encourage testing. I want people to be testing. I want breeders to be testing. I want to see farmers growing this uh, great weed out that they don't have to pay for because it's part of, you know, I look at it as part of uh, teamwork. You guys are working with the breeders. The, far, the testers are working hand in hand with the breeders. And wouldn't it be cool to, to, to be a part of something that's in history. Let's, let's say for like, for instance, I, I, I uh, test grew uh, Subcool's Cheesequake, right? Now it's like up there, I test uh, grew his Quirkle and everybody knows those strains. I mean, they're history. So I was part of that history and that's something that you guys can be doing someday, you know? It's like, that's that's what I, Didn't test grow. growing is fun, man. It's, it's just a blast <laughs> when you test grow. I, I test grew oh, for Motor Rebel. Almost 12 years, love I, I test for, grew for Motor Rebel and uh, Subcool and um, let's see who else, Can, uh, uh, Cali Connection. Uh, those are my three main. I think I, I test grew for a couple other smaller breeders, but it, it's fun. You know, it, it, you get to see different genetics and you get to uh, uh, converse with the, the breeder. And a lot of times the breeder will give you little quirks. You know, if you do a good job, they'll send you free packs of seeds or even give you that seed line or whatever, or, or you, you know, send you a bunch of seeds of the stuff that you tested. I know I do. I appreciate my testers, the ones that do really well. I, I treat them right. They get, they get a lot of gear. Do they ever help well, you is. name them? Well, yeah, yeah. I've had testers help, help me because there's a lot of times when I, there's so many names out there that are already taken. And I'll come up with a name that's already taken. It's like, no, no, I'll have a tester come up and say, no, that, that that's not, it's already taken. Why don't you uh, use this name? It's like, oh, that sounds cool. You know, I, um, let's see. What was it? Dolly Patron was this one. This is our huge portion of that. It's, you know, it has to go both ways, you know. You as a breeder, you can go out and necessarily, you can test it and test it and test it and test it and test it. And, you know, for one, You've only got so many environments. You can only test it so far. Two, that's where we come in. The other part where we come in is we give you alternate environments and we give you input. Different, uh, we can tell you that, uh, the different phenotypes, uh, what you can expect, plant structure, help you with that. But the most important thing we do as testers 
is post that shit. Because at, that's the most important thing out of the equation there. One of them, Lemon, that we talked about just a minute ago. This is That's the important thing that I was talking about. The, You know, and again, it's right back to the cost of seeds. It shouldn't even be a factor because, like you said, you can have seven years into that strain before it even makes it to me to be tested. Nobody knows about that strain but you and a couple of friends. Now, to get that in the market and actually get to be people purchasing that seed, you know, you can start a local legend, but that ain't going to make you no fucking money. You're going to make a little bit of money. But it is where the testers come into play, posting that shit, making everybody else go, oh, that flower looks fire. I want some of that. That's how the names get out there and go, and people actually start wanting to buy the seeds. It's a very important part of the equation. You know, even if it's free or it's a tester, you know, you have to get the legend out there somehow. And uh, so, yeah, tester, the testers are a very important part of the equation, in my opinion. Like I said, I've been doing it a long time, so I can, I know, I know every aspect about it from the breeding to being the bank. Okay, I can argue points about being the bank, too, because I've been on that. I know the numbers of what, you know, I would pay for the seed, how much, and it was, and again, on my end, it was all fronts, same thing you were talking about. And I'll tell you why it's fronts, because it's the same conversation we're having right now, Lemon. You can come to me as a breeder right now and go, I've got 10 fire fucking strains. I'll look at you as a seed bank and go, well, how well is it known? Well, I, I'm me and a couple buddies growing it. Now, me as a seed bank to take fucking a grand out of my pocket and go, okay, well, give me a fucking X amount of seeds. Now I've got to sit on them seeds and hope they sell as a bank. And a lot of people aren't willing to throw out just large numbers like that. Then either the, and it, this was my problem too, because Sub always wanted to keep me, wanted me to keep a full menu. I want to keep a full menu too. But again, if I'm putting out money on my, my pocket and this strain's not fucking selling, well, guess who don't want to get fucking stuck with 10 packs of X? You know what I mean? 50 packs of X when it's just sitting there. Now I've got my money sitting on a shelf for no good fucking reason because I took the breeder's word that this is the fucking fire and everybody's going to want that shit. So there is a lot of back and forth there, you know, and credit and whatnot. But this build up, this, you know, has to be there for the bank. You know what I mean? There's got to be some build up. So that's why the price of the seeds is so much. There's so much into going, getting to that point where people go, I got to have that. You know what I mean? There's a lot of back and forth. I've been in through every aspect of this fucking game. <laughs> but <laughs> every you know fucking aspect of it. <laughs> Ego, just to, just as an example, I'm smoking some strain called Alien Tailwagger. It started off as uh, GBS Alien Dog. I wanted to to make my own version of Alien Dog, but um, uh, I, I realized that uh, Obsolete was the one that made the original Alien Dog. So I, I contacted him. And I apologized. Uh, told him that I, I, I fucked up and didn't really want to use that name. So I changed the name to Alien uh, Tailwagger. Um, that the Alien side took me about a year and a half to pick out the male. It was uh, or the female. It was uh, it was my keeper uh, F two Alien Kush, and on the on the father side, uh, the Chem Double D that I used to make it, um, I took Chem Double D down to F three before I started the back cross. That that was a three year project right there just to take it down to F three, 
And then when I started my back cross, I did it twice. That's two, two more years. Cause each generation I put about a year's worth of work into, to it. So altogether that's five years on the chem double D and about a year and a half on the, uh, the alien Kush. So that's, that's how I count the, the amount of time I, I've got into the strain, uh, uh, total. So it's almost seven years and that's, and I, I just now grew, grew out, uh, the first or the second test run of the F ones. And I ran into the same problem as I did the first test run, which was, uh, about a 20% Hermy ratio. So that's why they're not being released. I got to work that out where I'm doing selections. Now I've got the male selected for the F2 generation. Um, a lot of people say, how do you fix that? How do you fix, you know, get, get your Hermy ratio down? There, there's not a clear cut solid way of doing it. What you got to do is prod your males to find out which is more solid. So I got a tester male that I'm making the F2s with. And when I run the uh, F2 generations, I'll know whether that tester male is solid or not. So I've run two generations. That, and if he's not solid, that, that showed me two generations that there's something uh, uh, highly uh, wrong with the recessive parts of the, the, the Hermie gene. They're, they're popping it into uh, consistently. So what I'll have to do at that point is outcross. I'll find a, a clean, I already know a clean line. It's called a star. And it's close enough to my chem double D. I'll outcross the star dog back cross too which I've worked for two and a half years. Uh, that was JJ's star dog uh, back cross. I took that back cross, seat pack of back cross. I made uh, F1s out of it. And I took one of those F1s and bred it back to my keeper back cross. So that that's when I made the back cross too. So everything in that back cross too has been pretty solid on the chem, chem dog side. So I'll use, if I have to, I'll go back. And, and the only reason I don't want to do that is because there's a different uh, terpene pro profile that the, the star dog throws versus uh, the chem dog double D. And I'm, I want to concentrate on the double D uh, terpenes if I can. So that's how I fix it if, I, if there's a problem. Real quick question, though. Um, so I remember hearing Mr. Soul talk about something like that where uh, he was looking at the males and he was talking about trying to select a more feminine male kind of a aspect to it under the uh, you know under that idea that it would be less likely to herm right like a a herm and and that description would be a more man a masculine female right how, how does he determine a masculine or a, a feminine male i don't well, know if it's going to throw female characteristics oh e okay you mean easy a yeah, male that would be easily to turn back to female? No, just while it's along with it, like a someone will throw more of a like a little bit of a feminine the the hairs or whatever, like they're a girl kind of thing. I I like I haven't personally I haven't noticed that. What I what I try to do is I don't try to judge the male by anything but what he throws, what he what his actual touch is. You know, he could look stupid. He could look feminine. He could look purple. I don't care. As long as he produces a solid, stable uh, offspring, that's what I'm shooting for. Because I can build everything else through the female side, the terpenes, the, the resin, and everything else. The male, what he adds to the, to the uh, union is structure and stability. That's the main thing. Because without that, you're not going to have a good breeding set. So he has to have that no matter what. That's that's for me. That's what you know, because because I, I what I what I do with my um, cannabis breeding is I um, 
the, the years of experience that I had through either uh, breeding fish or rodents or rabbits or, um, you know, anything else, dogs, it, it taught me a lot of how you have to isolate certain traits and not compromise. Don't mix, like, the, for instance, uh, um, for a dog, let's say uh, you're, you're looking to make a police dog or a dog that, that is really good for hunting. Um, you don't want to, you don't care what it looks like. You want it to have the right drives because that's what you want it for, right? You want you want a dog that has really high prey drive. You want the dog that out of eight puppies will go for that ball or that tennis. I mean, you'll just go through anything to get that first. That's the dog that you want. And if you if you worry about what it looks like, you might be taking a dog that's in the middle of that drive pack. So you you, you never compromise. You always want to go for what you have in your mind, what you're targeted, and you breed for that. You select for that. And that's that's the best way of breeding, in my opinion. Because, cause, okay, here. Cheers, Dave's not here. You're a collector, aren't you? You're, you're, you're a fucking collector, aren't you? Kind of. Cheers, Lemon. How you doing, buddy? Oh, you're here. Hey, Dave. Dave. How you doing? Dave's here. <laughs> right I showed on, up. <laughs> it's good to see my seed packs there. Right. Glad right to on. have them. <laughs> cool. I like your excuse too, David. That's my excuse too. I, I'm gonna. I plan on popping every single one I get. It's Absolutely. Or the I re- I know, these I actually do plan on popping though. It just ends up being part of the collection. So I don't know. Yeah, I see. Bill said wrote something. Uh, people have bred and tamed foxes. You know, that's that's interesting. Did you know what I understand about foxes? I could be totally wrong. That foxes. Uh, uh, Chihuahuas are the only dog that wasn't really uh, uh, from wolves. They're kind of what they think is the Chihuahua line is from the the fox line or, or whatever. It's like that was interesting to me because maybe that's why their behavior is so different. Wow, that's that's pretty uh, mind blowing to think about it. I always thought they were rats. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> no offense to you, to all. Here, here's another thing that when, when we're talking about breeding, and Kaya mentioned it on another channel, but I don't think he talked about the breeding aspect of it too much over here. Um, it, whenever I talk to Kaya, we both agree that um, you don't want to breed, like I said, when we when, when we look for traits, let's say for dogs and hunting, I, I say you want to concentrate just on the prey drive. You don't have to worry about confirmation, color, or whatever you want just for that drive. Um, when you when you're breeding uh, uh, cannabis, uh, and uh, you, what we call what we do is is what we call layering. So when we lock in a certain trait and we got it like uh, coming out every time consistently from the babies, and now we want to add another trait. Let's say uh, maybe add a sour. Um, uh, we breed for that uh, trait. We don't want to breed for like five or six different traits, like for a terpene color. Uh, bud size and all that you can't breed for that in one cross you've got to build onto it you got to layer i call it layering you, you lock in one trait and when all the babies are consistent you start adding the other traits that you're looking for one at a time and that's how that's how breeding is guys that's how you, you breed animals that's how you breed plants you don't just throw everything together and that's what you're seeing a lot of these polyhybrids that are being made there's no direction to it people are saying oh I, i'm breeding runs to cookies to do you know they're just putting everything together hoping that they're going to come out with dynamite 
that's that's you got to have a direction when you breed. You got to have a, a mindset of where you want to go. I mean, I'm not saying that any of those polyhybrids are bad. There could be some really good stuff coming out of it, but it's all a guessing game when you do that kind of stuff. You you're really not predicting anything. It's a roll of the dice. Two hundred dollar pack roll of the dice. A lot of them, huh? <laughs> and, and, Ain't that and, the truth? If they were being uh, tested correctly, you would see a lot more of what I'm saying because it would start all of a sudden start being exposed instead of people bitching about not getting what they paid for. You know, if they were tested, then you would it, it would come out in the testing. Yeah. But here's another thing: I've been working blueberry for a long time, and a lot of people don't understand that um, when you're breeding, you're breeding for ratios. And I know that there's no way that I can breed 100%. Every one of my, my females are going to be blueberry, super blueberry uh, syrup tasting. I mean, that's just not possible. What you're trying to do is breed for the highest ratio of females that you can out of that uh, clutch of seeds. So say uh, my first uh, back cross uh, uh, I, I, through my testers, I'll get like 50%. I'll say, yeah, uh, half my crop was uh, really super blueberry and the other half was kind of floral, but kind of tastes uh, earthy. Well, that tells me I'm about 50% there on my numbers. So the next back cross, I should be about 60 to 70% uh, increases on every, and I can't remember the exact ratio, but that's it's roughly about what it is. So the third back cross, you should be about between 80 and 90% of your females, eight to 9% out of 10, eight, eight or nine out of 10 should all be blueberry, nice blueberry tones. And then that goes for cubing. Once you get uh, your string cubed, it should be almost 100%. But like I said, nothing's 100%. You're always going to have that little bit of a ratio that comes off. Man, that's good information. All young breeders, don't knock yourself out trying to make everything uh, homozygous either because it's not 100% homozygous. It's going to take you 10 years of backcrossing to do that, IBLs and backcrossing. You know, there's so many different types of uh, inbred lines and stuff. And, and people don't understand. They think that you have to just go down one line, but you don't re realize there's a, you can uh, do IBLs, which are very proper IBLs where you take, let's say a brother and sister out of the seed pack, same seed pack and a brother and sister out of the same seed pack. And you go down the lines this way, F generations, and then you breed back. And then once you get that offspring, you breed back to the original mom. That's an IBL. I mean, that's inbred lines. That's, that's kind of what you want to do a uh, proper way. That's a lot of work though. And that's solidifying something that you're looking for in a, in a strain. Yeah. It's, you're compounding so many of your traits that you, you know, if you, if you target and you select correctly down the lines, you know, you, there's a selection process that has to be done too. It's not blind. You just can't say these two are going to cross and it's going to come out like this. Now you got to smoke, you got to check every offspring. You got to, you got to breathe the best two out of uh, each, each, each generation to get, to get to where you want to get to. No. How long are you talking for that uh, inbred line? Like how like how many years are we talking? It well, it depends on your size of uh, and I for me personally because of my limitations, I, I grow probably somewhere between thirty and uh, forty uh, females per crop, and I have about three crops, so it's roughly about a hundred uh, females I run per strain per crop, so it's about a year for per generation. So, yeah, it depends on how many times you want an IBL. If you go down four generations, that's to me, that's four years. 
and then you start the IBLs for each IBL, you know, it takes uh, that many offspring to select uh, for your next uh, back cross too. So you're still putting in the time. Each generation, no matter what, it's going to be, you're going to have to do the same amount of time because you're not speeding up enough. Plant still grows the same amount of time, uh, same uh, slowness and speed, whatever. It's still going to be an eight or nine week flower time. They're, they're, you know, with the technology they have now where they, they can splice into genes and really uh, uh, map everything yeah. out, it's, it's really fascinating. I wish uh, they would, I wish they had this technology when I was like, you know, 20 years old and stuff. I would have really got into that. That's amazing where been... it's going to go. Yeah. Oh, it's just so amazing. I, the, the, the delight, what I've seen through my eyes, guys. Man, I wish you could have had the ride that I had through the cannabis world. I'm sure Eagle's seen some of it too himself. Uh, it's just a ride compared to what we used to have to go through to where it's at now. It's just amazing. <laughs> well, I don't want to cut you off, but I think we should all take a quick smoke. I think that's a great idea. Let's do it. Sure. That's the dab song. We're a little late, but that's okay. Beep, beep, beep. One of the first times I, I, I watched your show, you had a guy with a kazoo on. That was kind of cool. That was kazoo. kazoo. It is kazoo. That is kazoo. <laughs> we got a great variety of people in here, I'm telling you. <laughs> I haven't seen him on for a little while. Yeah, he's been in my A. See him in chat from time to time. Yeah, I don't know. He just popped in with all goodwill, giving out fucking giveaways and disappeared just as fast as he can. <laughs> Playing Kazoo Dab songs. He was a great guy, though. He actually, he, I, uh, he sent me a DM today. He finished up a good portion of his back piece. He's got an awesome uh, uh, sleeve going. I mean, he wrapped it around from shoulder to shoulder. That same fucking geometric kind of patterns there. Fucking awesome. I'll have to send you pictures of my uh, sleeve sometime. I'm definitely a fan. Definitely a huge fan. It's a dick sleeve, though. Hey, Dave, I got to ask you a question, man. Sure, shoot. Well, yesterday, we did a live stream on Tara's uh, live thing, and we had Breeder Steve on. And I accidentally, by, I don't know why, I was just, I was sleepy or whatever. I accidentally uh, posted the Zoom link on my Discord channel to everybody on Zoom, or everyone on Discord. Somebody popped in and gave us a moonshot. Was that you, Dave? I wish it was. <laughs> it was live, man. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> I wish it was. That is something I could probably be expected to do, but it wasn't me, I swear. I think it was me. Oh, it was so fucking funny. Greeter Steve was talking. He didn't He didn't miss a beat, man. He was just kept on talking. And it's like my eyes like, oh, shit, who's that? <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I fucked up. I posted it on Discord on the announcement. I clicked page. I clicked that link and not because I I didn't know what it was and then I left immediately. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I messed up, man. I had to change it. I mean, it took me about 30 seconds to change it, but whoever got in, got in and did his thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, Lemon, I got to I gotta say this. Cascade and Jay's been asking in chat, is, uh, how did you like your interview with Vision Creed? <laughs> um, that was good. That was uh, interesting. It was uh, it was very rough. <laughs> yeah. He he was he's that character. I don't know. It, I like I like Vision a lot, but um, it's hard to keep him on topic. <laughs> he strays a lot. It's uh, but but man, the guy's got a big fucking heart. I love the guy. He's doing it for the right reason too. You know, he's spreading. The, he's just trying to preserve some of the old strains, and and he's been around. It just uh, he's just a, just a character. He's one of those characters you'll never forget. Aiden Noob grows. I've seen the question. It was just so persistent. I figured it was a trick question. That's why I was avoiding. <laughs> no, I I like I like Vision a lot. I've known him for. God, a couple, probably about three or four years. Um, but he's been around the scene way, way before uh, I knew him. He was like uh, always hanging out at the other forums and stuff. And he already came in with a, a pretty good reputation. And and he, actually, Matt Riot is the one that brought him in. Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe Matt Riot brought him in, but it was kind of cool. Yeah, but then the same aspect, you got to understand my point of view as a host, too. If I don't necessarily know the source of the question, I don't necessarily want to bombard the guests about a question. I don't, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, I seen it too. He's asked like four times. I'm sitting there going, this might no, be a setup. I don't know if I want to answer this question. I didn't even think that. I was just waiting for a time to ask him and it just roll in the conversation. So I don't know. No, you really got to know Vision to understand him. And once you understand him, you'll love him. I mean, he's just, his heart's just a heart of gold. He's just, he's doing it for the right reasons, you know. If you need a pack of seeds, you can't afford it, he'll give you a pack of seeds. That's just the way he is. Right on, Vision. Oh, it is more than three. Was more than three. <laughs> it wasn't that many. I didn't even think that at all, actually. Sorry about that, Canadian Jay. I, I was faced. I wasn't paying attention to the chat. I was going to say it's a regular, too. I, I don't know. I've seen the name around chats. Controllers are the ones you're like, I don't know. I've never seen that name before. God, I don't know if you guys witnessed it, but there was like, man, I, I popped into uh, uh, the Future Cannabis show earlier. <laughs> My God. There was some shit going on in that chat. He, he, he got troll big time there's must have been 20 people there trolling the guests that he had on oh and um, did you wait till the end of the whole thing it. it was amazing yeah yeah he had he had masonic on at the end <laughs> <That> was, wow <laughs> what happened at the end i missed it, it watch the last like five minutes of it wow huh. pretty vicious you, what do you, oh you don't want to say yeah the, the vibe was kind of dark let's put it that way it, it was like wow <laughs> Yeah, to, to, to repeat dead. it verbatim it would be a little brutal. Uh, not even yeah. from, for me. <laughs> that, see, I don't understand all that stuff, man. Like, what? Is it all building hype? Or is it, I mean, is this like fucking it, WWE in the seed game now? It was, it was the same crap that, that's the kind of crap that pushed me away from the forums years ago. I just dropped out because I was, got, I was tired of seeing crap like that, you know, because they were just 
saying bad shit about each other. It happens How does that make yours any better to say? I know. I know. It's just, like it. it's silly. It's silly. Yeah, they they both look like douchebags. Pretty much. Burning burn energy they don't need to burn. I mean, you could always direct that energy in a positive way, right? Yeah. Most definitely. You know, that's where it was kind of going. That was my uh, reluctance, to be honest with you, Lemon. Because uh, I actually got a couple of people that DM me today and asked me if I had caught that episode of you know, Future Cannabis Project. And I was like, no, I hadn't. But I was watching the uh, Jack show, Jack Green growing my fellow home growers. I said, I'll check it out after this. And then I ended up listening to audio books from then to... Uh, to Kaya. So then when I seen uh, the the question about Vision Creator, I actually was going through my messages going, is this fucking what they were talking about? You know what I mean? So I didn't know if there was some kind of connection about what happened in Future Cannabis Project and the the question that I kept seeing in chat. So I didn't want to, you know, recycle drama. Basically what what happened, Eagle, was... uh, soul rebel genetics was on they had nine different people there and i guess they got a beef or masonic got a beef against them and masonic brought in his troll gang and they just hit the channel oh man <laughs> they hit the channel hard it was yeah. troll wars wow it, it seemed like soul rebel what really couldn't age, defend man. himself too much but yeah, it is what it is kind of reminds yeah, me of the uh, movie the warriors See, that's the first time I see it, saw that something like that in, in a live stream. I, like I said, it used to happen all the time in the forums where people like would say a bunch of shit and then you see teams being, teaming up again. You see 10 people over here writing bad shit about 10 people over here and it just go, goes on and on like that. That's why I dropped out, man. Even the underground breeders forums like, uh, uh, what was the name of that? Canna Cabana. That was a pretty well-known uh, underground breeders forum. Yeah, that that got really nasty too. So I never, I was I, I was in that for about three years, just kind of lurked all the time. But that that was where all the top breeders went in the world. I mean, world class breeders from from all over. People that that's that are what now I was kind of talking about a little bit earlier there about the breeders drama a little bit there and kind of giving you guys props before you i don't know if you heard me but before you popped in there i was giving you guys the northwest 47 there some props for uh working with each other you know both in the direction of knowledge and you know putting forth you know quality genetics you know good quality solid you know, genetics. I was giving you guys props for that because there is a lot of bullshit, you know, uh, in the breeder world. You know, I didn't get credit with that. He's working with my shit. I, you know, I should be getting paid. There's a lot of bullshit. Uh oh. Uh oh. Nice. Those, those yeah. rats in the box. Yeah. <laughs> Lemon, no. I, I like your guys' philosophy out there. I really do. Well, it, I think it, it's good. I think it's on point. Let me me kind of tell you how it all started. I used to have a tiny chat uh, channel where we just hang out, like 20 or 30 people. There's always people there 24-7. I would pop in. There'd be people, you know, the room would always be full. But um, late nights, Exotic would drop by. Me and him would sit down and and talk for two, three hours. And 
we talked about the, the seed game down in California and the West Coast and how the seed breeders were kind of cutting each other's throat down there and just saying bad shit about each other. And we, we didn't want that up here. I mean, there, was, there wasn't that many breeders up here. It was me, Kaya, Exotic, uh, Thunderfudge was working with Exotic at the time. And uh, Doc D wasn't even in business at the time. So, and Fabman, Fabman was the other uh, guy. You guys don't know Fabman. He never made the scene. He, he disappeared uh, before Rex became Rex. So he, he, I don't even know what the hell he's doing. But anyways, he, he's, uh, us four, it was, uh, me and Exotic was talking and we, t we, we, brought, we came up with the name Northwest 47 because it was the latitude that ran right through Bellingham, Seattle, Tacoma, all the way down. It, it kind of connected us all. And, um, and we brought Kai into the conversation. He was all for it. And we, we, that's where our safety meeting started because of Northwest 47. We would meet uh, at Kaya's house once a month. Is uh, grow up <laughs> illegal grow up, <laughs> but um, but yeah, allegedly, we <laughs> yeah, he he had some allegedly, really yes, he had, he had like three or four flower rooms. He'd take us to a tour every time we went there, show us his new stuff, and and then, uh, but you know what, it, uh, those are the days that were uh, really fun. I don't know if you guys ever, you guys know Nick, a guy named Nick T. No, he's a famous hash guy. If you guys ever looked him up, he's really famous in the hash world. Him and um, Cuban Grower. Uh, Maybe you so, could introduce him to the show. Well, we'll yeah. all get to know. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I'd love to bring Nicotine in here. Uh, <laughs> he came up, actually, he came to my house uh, during one of the uh, Seattle Cups here uh, for the high times. And they were looking at the blueberry that I, because Kaya didn't have anything ready to, uh, to make him the hash at that time. And uh, my blueberry was about the only thing that was closed, and it still wasn't ready. So Nick, Nick and T came in and said, "No, not ready." So I, I forget what strain they went with. I think they went with one of the exotics uh, strains. So it was like a team thing. So when we entered the the cups, we we went through each one of our rooms and said, "You know, which, which what are we going to win with? <laughs> you know, that one or this one?" Or and we just well, that's uh, cool because you guys almost had like a prejudging of the cup yeah. before entry too. Oh, we did. Nice. A month or a month and a half before, we would uh, share our entry bud with each other and say, "What do you think?" You know, kind of say, "Oh no, let's let's not enter this one. Let's, let's enter this one in this category." We, you know, we we did it. It was all pretty cool. The guy that I want to really bring in here is a guy named Cuban Grower. Yeah. This dude is amazing. He he's world class on solventless hash. I mean, when I say world class, let me tell you the story about him. Our first cup in Seattle. He was our hash maker. He took, uh, I can't remember, it was one of Exotic's uh, strings, I think. It could have been cookies and cream. But he made, uh, uh, he took third place in Seattle at the High Times Cup. And he came up to me and he showed me his little, his medal and he said, look, he goes, look, well, I'm, a, I'm a champion. And I said, Cuban, you're not, you're not a champion. Because I, I related it back to my fighting days when we were uh, in martial arts. So you're not a champion until you win three. And, and for my dog uh, competition. <laughs> so you went three in a row, not a, not two, and then you didn't win one, and then a third one. No, three in a row. That's what makes you a champion. And I didn't see him for about 10 years. And he pops into my Discord channel about a year and a half ago, and he goes, Lam, he goes, remember when you told me I had to win three to uh, be a champion? I said, yeah. He goes, I won 27. He goes, oh, I won 27 in a row. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That's amazing so too, man. Like, there's a, I mean, just to wow. win one of them is pretty tough competition, like 27 of them. 
A lot of guys think that's all oh, that's rigged or whatever and shit like that. Bullshit, man. They grow fire, dude. That's what it is. Who, who took third place at the Spanavis Cup last year? I mean, that's that's the that's how he's at world class level. The dude is amazing. I'd love to bring him in here. I, I've been talking to him, and, and he's been really busy and stuff. But he says uh, in the winter he's been gaming a little bit. You know, he likes to play his uh, video games. And I said, yeah, let me bring you into some live chat so that people will get to know you. And he goes, oh man, I got enough people bugging me about shit like that. So I'll get him in here. <laughs> so how many breeders are in the Northwest Forty Seven? Or it, it was um, originally uh, me, Kaya Exotic, and Fabman us four. And what we're trying to do is bring up uh, the young breeders like uh, uh, West Coast and Doc B and all the young guys that were coming up. We we're going to get them into the game as soon as they, they showed that they were going to work the same way as, uh, you know, testing the strains and stuff. But what happened was, uh, and, and it's a good thing, and I, I don't feel bad about it at all. What happened was there was success that broke us up, basically. Exotic got really big. We moved down to California. You know, we didn't meet anymore, and uh, he kind of went his own way. And uh, Kaya kind of did the same thing. You know, he's, he's big, too. He's got a lot of uh, shit going on. And, and uh, bless those guys, man. They're, they're, they're making their path in, in the cannabis world, and that's, that's, that's what we need to see. Yeah. I mean, you know, just to, just to say that I, I was Exotic's friend before Exotic was anybody, that, that means a lot to me because we used oh, to yeah. bend. Dude, everybody market. around here, I swear, everybody around me that grows is like all up in exotics nuts, man. Like they got <laughs> such a deep library. There's a few guys. There's like two guys I can think of right now that got a library of at least tw- a dozen or more of his strains. You know what I mean? And it's like, and they're probably running, you know, at least a half dozen of them. So, you know that, um, uh, you know, you know that uh, starfighter that he he got he started with. Do you know the story behind that? No. That's a six thousand dollar seed pack, bro. <laughs> he paid six grand for that seed pack. Wow. And it got lost in the mail when we sent to him. Holy shit. <laughs> oh man. Holy shit. Oh man. Not too many people know that story. They had to replace it. <laughs> oh. Wow. He gave me uh F2s out of that though, bless his heart. And you know, I promised him I would never uh, sell him or make make anything out of him because that's that's his work stock. But I, I worked it down to F3s. I've been you know just to keep the seeds fresh and stuff. And what I do is every once in a while I'll pass out some seeds to some friends and and let them if they want you know to grow them out. And it's, it's kind of a new experience. It's kind of cool to grow out the starfighters. That's dope. What's the flavor on the starfighter then, Lemon Hoko? Oh, very, very fruity. Um, I would say, from my experience, over 50% of the females are like a juicy fruit gum. It, it's just like chewing ah. a piece of juicy fruit gum. It's really pleasant. No shit. Yeah. It's... In, the, in, in the year like uh, 2000, 2001, right in there, I had some juicy fruit. It was literally called... Oh, yeah. Well, it was a juice fruit strand. I remember. And that was, it was so, that's the first time I ever tasted anything like that. When I had that one, I just couldn't even believe that it tasted just like, you know. Uh, It it was just just like in your mouth, you know, amazing. Sorry, go ahead. 
another really good upcoming breeder is uh, Doc B. He doesn't do the intense line breeding and he doesn't do the uh, uh, homozygous type uh, breeding that, that the other breeders are doing. What he does is like what Bodhi does. He'll, he'll mix exotic strains and work those. He'll take those crosses and mix them with other exotics. And uh, there's they're semi-polyhybrid, but what he's working with is very, very rare strains, shit that we will never see. <laughs> I'm lucky to even smoke any of it. There's a Viet, the Vietnam Black. That's a Vietnam strain. Wow. <laughs> I mean, Who is that? You're saying? Uh, Doc D. He's got some really cool exotic strains. And um, yeah, I've been blessed to, to be able to smoke some of his work. And when he visits, he'll, he'll bring me a couple of clones of this or that. And, and he'll bring me a couple of bags of weed. And he always brings me gifts. And he's, he's such a cool dude. But yeah, he would be cool to have on here because he's, for, he's, I think he's, He's about 30 years old for a young guy his age. He's been, he's got a lot of world experience where he's been around and traveled and got to experience uh, different areas of the world and, and stuff. And he loves to share the stories too. He's a quiet guy. He's very quiet. You have to dig, 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 dig it out of him and make him, make him talk. <laughs> but that's where you build your palate, right? Like you try different weed, try different weed. And like, I don't know. That's the exotic palate that you can you can pick out them flavors that are memorable like that, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Right. Well, uh, isn't, that, isn't that Vietnamese? Isn't that weed is, it's, or Vietnam weed? Isn't it supposed to be like a, like, like more of a hallucinogenic style of a? Well, like it? it was very super heady when I smoked it. It was, uh, it went really good with my coffee in the morning. Um, <laughs> Um, nice combination, but I, I I could see you know if it was grown in the right uh, environment like outdoors and at higher altitude that it could po possibly have more hallucinogenic uh, uh, traits to it. Right, right. A lot of the stuff that we grow indoors it's really hard to get that out of because we don't we don't we're not putting the right light spectrums on on the weed to produce that type of uh, uh, cannabinoid. Most of the, the, the hallucinogenic weed that you hear about of the past were usually grown, what, from my understanding, in the high mountain areas where the, they receive different type of uh, 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 rays from the sun that produce that kind of effect in the plant. The yeah, that's that, that we can't get the ultraviolet lights that we can't get here at this level, sea level and stuff. So yeah, that's it, the kind of sewer terroir shit that's gonna take a while i think you know i mean people he, you hear people out west talking about that too or like all oh, different you know appalachias or whatever they're calling it but different areas or different altitudes are going to produce a different effect off that weed and that's pretty interesting man that's fucking it's similar to like you say the, the hawaiian the kona golds and the maui wowies of the past you know those were all grown differently you, the, the hawaiian cultivars that are coming over now that are grown uh in hawaii if anybody is shipping anything to the u.s from hawaii they're mostly grown and like from seed stock that we're growing you know they're getting the same seeds that we're growing and they're growing them in hawaii and the same type of soils that you're using the living soil and so forth it's the same tech you know they're learning the same thing so it's not the same way as how 
the smoke that I smoked in the eighties, it was grown differently back then. Way right. I I remember the the tie stick that I had back in seventy oh my gosh, it was like seventy seventy-six, right in that time. And that was just man, I would love if there was any way that I could get a hold of some of that kind of a land race strand, that tie stick back at that time. That shit, I remember, it literally made me pass out. I mean, I was I, smoking I, stuff, and it just, it just, I just zoned out. Boom. Standing you know, up, I, I dropped. I see a question right now by Run Boy asking uh, my opinion about uh, LEDs versus the uh, HIDs, and I don't really have an opinion about that because I, I'm still old tech. I'm using. Uh, high pressure sodiums and I, I i don't see right now see i i've always gone all the way through my gr growing uh a career i've always gone with this philosophy if it works don't change things you know i i, I don't I, i've never used bloom boosters i've never used any of the new products on the line oh, I've, bloom boosters? I, I haven't used i never i don't use molasses i don't use i don't use the stuff that i'm reading about that everybody uses i i i I started growing a certain way in the 80s and 90s and I stuck to it. It worked and I haven't changed. As a matter of fact, I'm still using the same food, A and B, that I've used for 22, 23 years. Now. So, you know, a lot of people are against A and B foods, but um, uh, I know how to use them. And uh, here's another thing is, is I used to enter the local cups around here and this is how I met Kaya. And, and, and you know, I'm not trying to brag or anything but i used to win a lot of the cups and there was like every time i entered a cup it's like okay and i never really paid attention because i expected a trophy at, you know they finally come over and hand me a trophy but um one, one cup uh i was like okay i brought my double d and it's i'm gonna win this one but fuck chem four one and some dude by the name of kaya took first place and my double d took second it's like who the fuck is this dude and he you know he's got that you know the new new uh, style flat hat and shit and he goes up and it's like i instantly said oh man i'm gonna be, i gotta beat that dude in the next competition but before we even entered the next competition me and him swapped clones we, we ended up talking and i had a lot of respect for him because he had his shit together he was grown for more than 10 years or you know 15 years so he knew the game a little bit and he was a hustler, you know, he was doing black market back then too. And, and I, you know, I respected that a lot. So me and him kind of clicked right off the bat. And, uh, and that's how I met him. He, he kicked my ass in a fucking cup. <laughs> I was pissed about it. <laughs> I wasn't used to getting my ass kicked like that, <laughs> but it was good. It was like, and I told him now and even, uh, recently it's like, man, I feel like, uh, I'm passing the torch and it's righteous, man. You, you deserve it because uh, he's doing all the right things. He's saying the right things. He's got the right path. He's got the right thing in his heart. And uh, I'm just blessed to know him. <laughs> I think we all are. He's, he's I really think so. For the, the community. Man, the rabbit hole, this is like the second time I jumped on with you guys. It's kind of cool. Yeah, there you go, man. Yeah, this is awesome. Awesome, man. I'm glad to have you on. Man, I feel like I'm hogging the conversation. Don't let me do that. I'll be right back. Yeah, do your thing, man. But, no, hey, Eagles. 
trying to let you talk because you got so much to share, man. Absolutely. Love hearing from you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Back on, you got it. Someone, I'm on my fucking yeah. pesky. Finally figured out my new IP address. I'm actually. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> now get your phones, Tim. Now get your phones, Tim. It took him a few days. It took him a few days to figure that shit out. Uh, I did. I did. <laughs> So yeah, I'm waiting for the laptop to try to fucking recycle and get my fucking internet straight. Yeah, it's first time for everything, I guess. Yeah. That's funny that Lemon Hoko was saying he does the A and B because uh, I was gonna say back in the day before I grew, allegedly back, you know, allegedly before <laughs> the market was uh, medical, there was a. I was hooked up with one of the best guys growing around and, and, uh, I met him through like poker games and and he always had the fucking best weed, man. And it was, that was always what I wanted was to find the best weed, you know? So that's the dude I started talking to or whatever. But after years of buying from getting to know him a little bit, cause it was a long time, man. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, his market was locked up pretty tight, but I, I got the in and fucking, um, he ended up starting to show me how he was doing shit. And he had a fucking, yeah, it was like an orange bottle and a fucking green bottle and like a purple bottle, I think. There was like three bottles that he just fucking mixed and that was it. It was like the, done that for a fucking decade or whatever. It was like shit you'd buy at Farm and Fleet or something. I don't know. But he was growing the best weed around. It was funny. I always think back to that, like, keep it simple. What is up, dudes? What's up, T13? How you doing, brother? Howdy, bro. Just curious, how many of you guys use timers on your flower? Light timers. I do. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. I haven't used a timer in over 25 years. It, it, and I, there's and no, I, reason, there's for no reason for it. My uh, discipline? No. my Back in the day when I really depended on my pot to pay my bills and my child support and everything, if I depended on my timers, there's there's been times when I almost lost my, my house because I couldn't, because the timer's fucked up and I lost crops and shit, so... I learned that if I didn't go get my ass in there every fucking day, turn the lights on and off, that I probably was going to lose some money someday. So um, it was good because what, what it also does is it forces me to go into my room no matter what every day, right? You have to go in there. You're going to look, see if you got bugs or whatever. You got a dried plant. You'd never see that if you got your own timers. You might be too late. <laughs> My girl's going to be getting a lot of 10 hours if I do that. Nine hours. Uh, they'll be all right for a minute. Yeah, that's true. The consistency of it would be hard to... It'd be, you know what I mean? It'd be a fluctuation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the timer thing, though, I'm with you on that, Lemon Hoko. That's a, 
definitely a point of failure. I, I've had a buddy that, yeah, his fans were on a timer. His lights were on another timer. The timer for the fans failed. His lights came on and fucking roached his whole, you know, by the time he got home, he, all he could smell was burning leaves, you know. It was like, Yeah, I, I went on a camping trip one time when I was growing in a, in a hydro kit, and uh, that camping trip cost me about $45,000. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, that's a lot. Like... That's a lot just to put a tent down and sleep for a couple of nights. You sure you didn't get overcharged? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was so sad when you come home. Everything you know, you're six weeks. You're, you're six weeks in a flower. You're about three, four weeks away from cutting everything down. You know how the flowers look. They're just not just the calyx is just starting to fill out. And you come home and everything's just bone crispy, dry, and wilted. Oh my god, uh, it just dropped. I can only imagine the man. I almost did the same thing actually. I just moved a row into flower and I I set up the blue mod trippers, but it wasn't I don't know that it wasn't tripping the way it should have been. And I was just there the other day and they were like all wilty looking. You know, it was like look across this couple scrogs and there's one that just stands out as fucking blue. I'm like, what the fuck? But she'll pop back. She's alright. Sucks. It's a weed, right? Yeah, but... Hey, what were you trying to show us there, Green 13? Yeah, what is that? My six million monitors. My oh. temperature temperature monitor for my temperature monitors. Yeah, so so I'll know before I get home that my shit is frying. That's all that is. No, no, I can also remotely operate the aircon. Um, but I was going to ask you guys if anyone started using, and it's a very opportune moment, um, like Wi-Fi plugs, like Wi-Fi plugs that also have timers on them. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Right, I, I, know, I went to look at manual because I just want to sometimes not, go to the grow and just turn a DQ off. So I looked at these like plugs, Wi-Fi plugs, but they also have a timer on them. So I'm thinking probably be better than a analog timer, huh? I don't know. Here's something that speaking of Wi-Fi, uh, I've got a Wi-Fi remote set up right next in my kitchen where I used to sprout my seeds. And I don't know if there's documentation, scientific documentation on this, but I've noticed when I had my seeds sprouting real close to my Wi-Fi setup that I would have very horrible germination rates. In the same batch of seeds, I would uh, try to germinate like across the room and they would all, I'd get 100%. Coming back to the Wi-Fi area, I'd get like 30%, 20%. So it was like, I don't know if there's documentation on it, but be careful with that Wi-Fi with the uh, seed sprouting. There's a lot of science experiments where kids have done uh, seed germinations right next to routers with uh, terrible results. The same thing, same seeds, you know, just a few feet away from the router and have 100% germ. Seeds right next to that thing, you know, terrible germ. But, uh, you know, what's funny is I'm not calling anybody out, but I actually know somebody that has stored some seeds next to a router. They're actually, yeah, I just put one new one in here. And I'm like, have you ever heard of that study? And they were like, 
No. <laughs> I'm like, you might want to look at that study, dude. You might want to look at that study. But yeah, there is uh, some evidence out there about that shit. A lot of that's, evidence out there. That's good to know. It wasn't just me freaking out thinking that, you know, something's fluky here. But yeah, I noticed that when I was close to the router, it was like uh, I had really bad rates. And, and I, I didn't notice that for like three or four months because it was just one batch after another and it, it helped me from dropping some seeds. <laughs> yeah, that's just terrible for you, that low-level microwave signal that comes out of them things. Same thing, you know, it's even worse, Lemon, if uh, you might want to take note of this, is uh, if you were to actually put your uh, bank on a a wall where the uh, your uh, meter's at. That meter that is attached to your house nowadays puts out a huge tons and tons more signal than your Wi-Fi does. I mean, that thing beams to a satellite. They can shut your power off now with a click. There ain't no wires to that thing. It ain't connecting to, like, a, your phone to a Wi-Fi. That thing's blasting out a fucking mega signal to a satellite. Those, so are they, the, they, those are the smart, smart meters, smart yeah, meters. Smart. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I, ha I have that set up in my house. I, don't, I think I got the old meter still. A lot of studies of people having headaches and fucking nausea and a lot of fucking symptoms from like people just sitting in that room, just with that on the other side of the table, fucking or on the other side of the wall and not realizing and taking in all that signal. It's terrible. I learned all that shit. I worked on cell towers there for a while, and I learned a lot about fucking uh, microwave signals and shit like that. I was just going to ask you. I was like going to ask you about if you heard about the five G signals uh, interrupting and hurting people's uh, health and stuff. Yeah, I have, but that's one of them triggers we can't necessarily. Once we go down that rabbit hole, YouTube it's actually yeah. That's yeah. very. Yeah. I mean, you can't even yeah. connect them. Well, hey, I, I can you change the subject. Though. I have got, I got a question for you. Change the subject if you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me about these? Uh, these right here. The Q Cosmos, Doug. Um, yeah, the Q Cosmos was uh, uh, Russell Wilson crossed to Lady Cosmos. Uh, Russell Wilson is. Uh, 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 what was it? Boggy T crossed to uh, Advac, which is Alien Dog. Uh, uh, I didn't make Advac. Advac was uh, Cali Connection. It was Alien Dog crossed to Alien Kush. And then I, I crossed that to my Boggy T to make Russell Wilson. Uh, Lady Cosmos is uh, Cinderella 99 crossed to Alien Kush. So you got like Alien Kush in there three times. And then I crossed that to Chem Dog Double D uh, BX2. So there's a lot of good genetics in there. And the way where I'm going with that line is uh, uh, because the alien side, uh, there's three side, there's, there's three, I mean, there's, it's loaded up with a, with a bunch of alien side, uh, alien, there's alien dog and alien Kush on the, on one of the sides uh, of the dad, the grandfather. Then you got alien Kush on the other side with the blog uh, or uh, the fire alien OG, uh, in the blog so you got like uh, three times more than three times alien in there um where i want to go with it is is possibly uh 
in the future, hitting it back to Aileen Kush as an IBL. It depends on how the offspring go. It's all go at the moment. It's aliens and Jesus is all I hear on this show at the moment. Beam me yeah. up, Lemon. The, the alien Kush. Let me tell you about those packs. Um, OG Rascal dropped those on the farm. I think uh, they were auctioned. Uh, I think there were six packs auctioned off at that time. And uh, that's a cool dog. And I, I, uh, cool dog. I was watching the auction go up. And it was right around a thousand bucks when I wanted to go to sleep. It was like midnight here, and I wanted to win at least one of those packs. So I put uh, a bit of twelve hundred bucks in on four packs of seeds. And I woke up the next morning uh, with the, well, uh, a congratulations email saying I won all four packs of fucking seeds. It's like what forty fucking hundred dollars? <laughs> I got you know, it was like I didn't expect to win four packs of seeds, and and I did wake so. up with a divorce. <laughs> well no my old lady she understood because because I, I she she seen me take uh genetics and turn around and you know make make yeah. my money back easy yeah 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 of that's business, business but um yeah the, the seeds cost me almost five grand and uh you know with the these auctions they want their money as soon as possible so, but logic was cool about it he let me uh split it up in two different payments and uh i got it done and I got those seeds here. I went through all four packs almost at the same time. I sprouted everything all at once. I was uh, doing my alien hunt. I was trying to keep my find keepers. Uh, I wanted to keep find at least four keeper males and at least four keeper females, which I did. And I got it down to one keeper male, which was uh, I shared that with Kaya. Okay, that keeper male. He's he's a legend in the Northwest because he his genetics and there's been so many different crosses between my 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 work and Kaya's work, and I think maybe Doc D had him for a little while, but I can't remember who else had him. So would you say that that alien is in the uh, the coffee and the uh, the Matterhorn here? I think it's in the coffee. Yeah, he used the if if he used the alien in his cross, whatever alien Kaya used in his crosses, the male that was the F two, the famous dude. We call him the dude. He, he, he everything he touched, he, he put a lot of sugar on. I mean, he was a resin producer. He found out through a lot of the crosses. I like hearing that. But you know, here here's what's special about the alien lines. Um, uh, the proper female, if you find a good uh, female, it'll be a, a cherry cough drop terpene. It's it's really sweet cherry. And you, it's medicinal, like that cough drop type of uh, taste. It's, it's really pleasant. The high is a little bit, um, well, it's indica uh, related. So you don't really want it. I don't like smoking it in the morning because it kind of burns me out. It's more of an evening type of weed for me. And most of the alien crosses are like that. That's why I'm kind of smoking the alien tailwagger in the night. Uh, tonight, I like, uh, I like uh, my aliens at night. It's a good time for them. How did I choose that male new growth? Think- yeah, it was trial and error. Like I said, we kept four males, and I and I bred to different females that I had. Uh, like uh, I think Godbud was one of the uh, stable females I used. I, Hog's Breath was another stable female I used, and then I grew out some uh, seeds from those four males to see how stable they were. And uh, through elimination, I, we found that F two. I kept the F two. And I shared him with Kai. So that was probably about three three years worth of work, keeping the F2 around and testing him out and uh, eliminating all the rest. About three years worth of work uh, on, on the alien line. But Kaya got the, uh, 
the Alien F2 about the same time he got the, uh, the Blueberry. And that was our first drop. That was actually mine and Kaya's uh, joint drop uh, the very first time he even stepped into the seed world was he dropped the Alien. Uh, we called it the Blue Alien. He he made the a Blue Alien. It was the same parents as what I had. We, I, we did a... a uh, a drop at the same time at the same seed bank. It was kind of cool. Yeah, the um, the aliens were. They're still a very unique line. I I'm gonna try to finish them, make, meaning that I want to back cross them back down to at least four times. Um, that's kind of be one of my end projects before I retire. It's uh, that's one of the ones I really want to finish. Another, the other the only ones I want to finish, guys, these are treats. The dog poo, wait till you guys get some of that. That's, that's amazing. The Dogon, wait till you guys get some of that. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a cup winner, potentially, someday. Dogon, that's special. Um, Do they all have the puppy breath? Dogon, you can find the puppy breath in the Dogon, but it's a lot more rare. Uh, it's more of a – I want to – it's a bit of a shitter, but actual puppy breath smells like cookies. Fucking cookies, man. <laughs> As you're getting licked in the face by an actual puppy. We can't argue <laughs> yeah. with that. So. Have you guys ever smoked uh, Stardog? You guys know the terpene on Stardog? No. No. Do you not know about Stardog in the UK? Like, no one smokes it here anymore because it was the only weed that was for sale in the UK. The Albanians just star-dogged the country. So what's the flavor on it? Uh, Star-dog, well, I, I call it an oily dog. You know, it's more of an oily type of uh, flavor, but you got the chem-dog. Uh, I mean, you got the, you can tell. Star-dog's a, a combination of all kinds of uh, chem-dogs. Uh, JJ put it together correct. I had this, I had the, uh, the line on it, the breeding line on it, the pedigree somewhere I should look for it and try to post it up somewhere but it's very impressive he did a lot of back crossing in in crossing ibls and bread lines on the star dog to make the star dog um the terpenes are very unique and uh um, pretty consistent They're, they don't range very much you're going to get um a, a gassy fuely type of terpene fruity, fruity fuely in it yeah yeah from light to, to heavy with the star well from my seed pack but I, I kind of like the one, like the stuff kind of in the middle between heavy fruit and heavy gas. That's kind of where I like mine. Um, like I said, it's got an oily tinge to it. And I kind of, have you ever picked up like a garter snake and you smell that little, that oil that, that they let out? It has a yeah. certain smell to it. That's to me, that's what Stardog kind of smells like. It's got yeah. that, that doggy smell. I picked them up, but, but I never smelled them. <laughs> no, yeah, they, they, oh, yeah, they got them. It definitely got a smell to them. Yeah, they they put some shit or something on your hands, and it smells it smells like a Wild snake oil. Thing. Yeah, snake oil or whatever it's, I call it, snake oil. It's like a pheromone. <laughs> it's like a pheromone they put out. Yeah, and and star, a lot of the star dogs I grew have that scent to it. It's not over the over. Uh, it's not the first scent or the strongest scent that comes out of it, but there's a trace of it, and that's what I call the oily uh, doggy scent to it. So that's uh, very unique, and, and I like some of that because it, it's, it's dominant when you cross it into other lines, especially if you cross it into, say, fruity, uh, lemony, or cushy lines. I mean, that, that uh, Stardog is real dominant in, the, in those, what I've noticed with the, the strains I've had. And you, I can't say that whenever someone says it's dominant over fruity or cushy, 
it's not always it depends on what you're crossing it to right i could have a strain that it's not dominant over or or you know it just depends on the individual strain and how it's made up so go ahead oh i was gonna say that realization came to me like you're saying like where certain ones are dominant when i heard other breeders talking about um breeding with uh jacks and that that flavor of jack carries through in a lot of any cross with it or whatever it's hard to it's just so dominant you know and that kind of hearing that just kind of rang a bell in my head like oh no shit you know there's some things that'll just always be there you know that are dominant but jack jack is like there's like 30 things in jack you know jack is so crossed um, talking about jack her yeah, Jack Herr. Yeah. You know, you know, have you ever met have you ever you have you ever met I, I had the pleasure of meeting Jack Herr and uh smoking a joint with him when he was up here in when he was in Olympia doing the hemp fest and stuff. It was a really cool event. Cool time in my life. I didn't really realize who he was until later after he passed. But um yeah, I got to meet the great guy. That's cool. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm going to post a picture one of these days. I think I posted it before on my Discord of uh, sitting around, sharing a joint. <laughs> I smoked a nine bar of Jack Carrera. I don't smoke it anymore. I, I never really had a good representation of Jack Carrera. I've tasted some, but I, they weren't what I would think that the strength in the people that I smoked it with said like uh, uh, Titan. He said, no, that wasn't good because I gave him my cut of Jack Carrera and he said it wasn't the right one. So I never really smoked a really good representation of that strain. I would like to someday. I heard it was good. It's sickly, but it's good. It's crazy good, I but heard it's sickly. Pretty floppy, huh? The branches are floppy. Yeah, I mean. Guys, uh, five-minute warning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, Flora and Nugs, oh. you've been all over, man. You know everybody. <laughs> I, I bet you we, we've seen each other and met before. No, I think hearing about all the old flavors, man, because some of that stuff's like you hear it talked about different ways, you know, and it's kind of like, huh, why is it? One guy says lemon from this, and the other guy says pine or whatever, but I like understanding because, like, I have some older one, older cuts of like a Skywalker OG, but I don't know what the fuck. I mean, like, I don't know what the fucking old Sky. I know it's a unique flavor though, and I've held it because. A buddy of mine gave it to me and was like, this is the fucking best in my room. And he was shutting his room down. And yeah, the first time I smoked it from growing it, it was like, it's a, it's a like a menthol kind of a flavor, you know, it's weird. You, It's weird to explain, but it's unique, but it doesn't yield well or it doesn't, I don't know, not everybody likes it. You know, it's just kind of, but I know from, you know what I mean? All the weed I smoke, there's, I don't smoke anything that has that kind of flavor profile, so it's kind of my head stash, I guess. But which is you know, what? What's the profile? It's like a menthol kind of eucalyptus OG kind of thing. It's not a, it's not a fuel, but it gives you that kind of burn, you know, that chemical kind of burn through your nostril a little bit like that. But it's more of a, yeah, it's more like a menthol cigarette than a 
gas, I guess. I don't know. You know, when you're talking about the pine terpene, and it, it, there's two terpenes right. that really turn me off. And there, it, it, it's not because they're bad terpenes, it's because what they remind me of in the past. Because the days were totally different back in the 80s and 90s. And um, the way we did business, I'm sure there's some people here in the black market or probably can relate to what I'm saying. Um, a lot of the times when we did a deal, we had to front our money to the middleman who would run to someone else's house because they didn't want to take you to the house because nobody else wanted, you know, they, they didn't want nobody there. So you have to give your money to somebody who would run to go get your quarter pound or half pound or whatever was you know then he'd come back and you're stuck with whatever he brings back right it's like you tr have to trust him and a lot of times if when you got screwed you put your head in the bag and the first thing you smelt was pine or orange or citrus it's because most of the, the strains back then if they were cut too early that's the usual terpene that you would get six week strains that was still wet i mean just cut yesterday right stuck in a bag it smells like pine <laughs> fuck <laughs> you get screwed i mean you lose half your weight right right off the bat you know you got screwed that that, that menthol smell that really is just um just green it's just yeah the green they, yep and back then it was you know if you're close enough to flower it, it has bud buds on it it was mostly that that pine terpene that you would smell if you got screwed <laughs> yeah i remember many of times where i would go and i'd been i've been i've moved to quite a few different states so i always had to find a new connection and i had many a times where i tried and ended up losing four or five hundred dollars bam just like that you know tuition yeah. fees it was rough back then <laughs> you had to trust yeah. somebody that you had to trust somebody and then you had to give them your money and it's like god that fucker doesn't even know good pot and i gotta give him this money you know exactly yeah well what i'm looking for is quality not quantity you know that's a lot of the time i hit people didn't understand that you know Oh, I had a rule too that nobody nobody was supposed to bring anybody over my house. I didn't want nobody sitting in the car. I, you know, that's right. a big tip off right off the bat when you got people sitting yeah. in the car in front of your house. <laughs> I had five people that I dealt with, and they knew the rules. You know, brother. You know what? I I grew for the longest time, and and the people that I I, I dropped with two people. That's it. I mean, they they got it, and that was it. But um. Every time they'd call me up for weed, I'd say, yeah, let me call my guy in Seattle. Nobody knew I grew. Nobody. For over 20 years, nobody knew I grew. So I would tell oh them, my guys. Goodness. So I, I'd fuck around for an hour. Like, I'd, you know, have to drive to Seattle. I'd, I'd go on my, I'd play World of Warcraft or whatever for about an hour, and I'd call them back up. Like, I just got back, you know, a lot of traffic or whatever. Meet you over here in the parking lot. That's how I used to do uh, my business, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm let them up, boys. That's classy. Yep, let's do yeah, that. 420. Rip them up. Rip them up. Rip them up. Back in the day, people used to use this stuff called Tasty Puff. It was a spray that they would put on there. Grape flavor, blueberry flavored, all different kinds of flavors. Menthol flavored. Yum. People were notorious for that. Frank. Fucking yuck. Yum. I know, man. It, it makes you cringe, some of the shit that's... We probably smoked and had <laughs> And I was such a blueberry head back then that I would be searching it out. So you'd be like, oh, I got some blueberry. You'd look at it and be like, it doesn't really look like it, but 
uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it anyway because it has that smell. And, you know, I, I got duped a lot back then. Yeah. You know, you learn. You learn the hard way, but you learn. You know, there's times there was uh, times when I had a buddy or friends that would set up the fucking house all ready to grow, buy all the lights, did all the mylar, everything. And he couldn't find a fucking plant. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how you had to you had to know somebody with clones to start growing back then. Nobody had seeds in the day it was just uh it was hard man it's hard to even get started you you had to you had to be in with somebody that's when cuts were really really you know high priority everybody was like holding their their good cuts in house and i remember that back in the day there was the pineapple train wreck that Shit, went cuts. around my area anyway like and that cuts was what I was getting from the guy, and he had that cut, and fucking, I swear, man, everybody loved that weed too. I had I had connections from people that wanted to buy it through me, just that I didn't really know. They knew I could get it though, but but he, uh, yeah, he gives the cut to one guy, and the dude fucking sure as shit, man, just grew the shit out of that thing, and then it spread all over the all over the area in Michigan. Man, you, you couldn't even get started growing back in the day, man, unless you had 20 grand to buy a cut. That's what cuts were, 20 grand, just to get started. You know, and you had to know somebody that wanted to sell a cut for 20 grand. Yeah, no shit. No, I'm, no, I'm good enough that they trusted you. But... I could probably help you with that. People got the 20. What was that? I could probably help you with that if you've got 20 grand. <laughs> I'll bring it to you. I'll bring it to you. Oh man, I wish it was like that now. <laughs> but, you know, the risks the risks were a lot different back then. I mean, you know, you could get busted for a fucking seed and get five years in prison back in the day. There's still guys paying oh, for certain cuts too, though. I'm local, like uh, big operations. I don't know personally, but I know I've heard stories of guys paying for. You know, like the elite cuts that go around. I mean, a certain, a certain hot cut can make or break a big, you know, cultivation operation if you're trying to move weight in the market. Like, they might throw money out of getting a cut. I don't know, but. Hey, Chad Westport. Um, that name sounds familiar. I think I might have ran into him during the medical days. Uh, Fat Belly Buddha or the Buddha uh, Clone Company and uh, Floral Nugs. I lost the UW cut. Man, I, had, I had her in my gut garden for a total, two different times. First stint was about 12 years. The second time I had her was almost 10 years. And uh, I lost her. So I, I, I was supposed to get her back. Motor, Motor Rebel was supposed to send her back. It went up to uh, Red Eye Genetics and, and it disappeared again. And you never back. saw that cut as a purple cut, right? Only as a... No, no, she wasn't. Okay. She wasn't purple. She was lime green. If anything, she was really light green when she finished. I have I have pictures of her somewhere, but she was very very special. Yeah, it was. And then later uh, during the medical scene, there was a UW purple uh, floating around. I I remember uh, the guy that brought her up in California and well, supposedly, and uh, spread her around. The university area called her you the purple another uh name for her that her nickname was rainbow they called her rainbow i don't know if you ever heard of rainbow no 
Yeah, it was uh, very popular in the medical scene back then in Washington. He really fruity, nice tasting weed, but it wasn't the UW right now. So what is the connection with UW and G13? Are they the same thing? Are they sisters? Oh, no, I'm not going to go into that again. <laughs> well, I just know what I know, and I can just tell you what I've seen through my eyes and what I was told from the person that passed me the cut. Um, he... He, uh, he, he's actually the guy that, that showed me how to grow uh, through the hydro system. He mixed all the food for me and showed me the pH and all that. Um, and he gave me the cuts. And uh, he said that he got the cut from a worker uh, at the University of Washington, worked in the lab department. And uh, that was when they had the cancer research program. Now, I did a lot of research on the internet. I can't find anything about the UW cancer research program back then, but I clearly remember them talking about it on the radio and stuff. Um, and it was really, it, 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 somebody, I had a little debate with somebody on my Discord server. He's saying that oh, it was just like a hearsay type of thing. But if there was no truth to the UW back in the 80s, why would there even be a, a link to that weed and the University of Washington? Because weed was very, very highly legal at that time. Why did they even mention the 80 UW? You know what I mean? Unless they actually grew it then. <coughs> but Sorry. I know what I had in my garden. It was, uh, it was what we call the UW. And I also had uh, what we call the purple. Um, we didn't have uh, the name. There was no names for weed back then. We just called it like skunk, purple, UW, whatever it looked like and smelled like, right? It was. We didn't have exotic names like they, they do now. Everything here was skunk. We just called yeah. everything that was a hybrid skunk. Yeah, that's kind of how everybody called their weed. But um, I had purple and UW, and the purple was uh, out of Oregon. Uh, the parents were uh, uh, Salmon Creek Big Bud crossed to uh, Purple Urkel. And that is the original Granddaddy Purple. And that was back in the 80s when I ran it. And she was a beautiful strain. Turn purple. I don't care what temperature your room was. It could be 90 degrees and she would turn purple. And um, very tasty. Good good moneymaker too. She yielded really heavy. Not like the, not, not like the purples of today. Have you seen them purple and veg at all? Or is that always in flower that's expressed? I've seen them purple and veg, but it has to be very cold. Okay. I was thinking like, yeah, like you'd purple all the way through. Like, I don't know. No, not, not so much. Just usually the outer side. It, it looks like a, it looks like a CalMag uh, deficiency where it starts getting purple around the edges when it gets really cold. I'm not on all plants, but I've seen some plants react that way to cold. Um, I got a I got a question for you, Lemon. Um, on on the last few waters that I do before I harvest, I I always do it with ice water. And is is that something that's going to help me produce any kind of color, anything like that? You know, to be honest, I I don't know because I've never done it myself. I've never seen the reaction with ice water. I just use regular water out of the tap when I'm flushing because I'm on a well and, and I'm getting, I, I don't have to pH my water. It's all proper. Um, 
So I've never, I've never tried that. So I'd like to know what, what the report is. Let me know if it turns purple. Well, I actually, I actually got some purpling on my, my gone dog mermosa. Okay. Interesting. And, and the butt itself. Yeah. What about um, other strains? Did they, did you see any purpling in other strains or just uh, mimosa? Um, well, I'll let you know after the next one uh, is cured because I just started doing it. That's just something that I, I just started doing within the last uh, few months here. But I'll, I'll take a gallon of water and my RO water and I'll stick it right in the freezer until it's just like thick right before it freezes. And then I'll bring that stuff out and I'll set it in the room for a minute and let it, and let it kind of um, soften up a little. And then I'll go ahead and pour it right into my containers and I'll, and I'll do them a, a third of a gallon like I normally would into yeah. it. That's cool. Yeah. That's that's good to know. I, I didn't know that because I don't I don't. For one, I, I only grow my purple strains usually in the winter time because they turn purple easier in the winter time. I just want to bring out the best you know purples out of them. And I didn't uh, plant any purples this year. Um, but that's I've never you know really uh, tested the water uh, temperature and, and how the it would change the color. But that's interesting. Canadian Jay has a question, or uh, he says, uh, "Have I?" Have I or anybody in chat ever smoked uh, heat cured weed from piles uh, like they did with tobacco? That's interesting. Has anybody? I know I have. Say, say that again. Heat cured weed, meaning that they pile it uh, fresh. I'm thinking fresh because that's how you create heat is the fermentation process. When you when you layer uh, vegetation on each other, it creates heat. And when you create heat, it, it kind of makes the, the weed darker. It changes. I guess it would be kind of like a decomposition kind of a thing. Yeah, when, that, when he says that, that reminds me of uh, Thai weed and, and that brick uh, Colombian weed that used to come over the border. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That stuff was like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know. I'm sure I've had it. <laughs> Jay, you're exactly right. It does bring a little bit more sedative uh, 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 traits to the weed that you smoke. And that's why Thai weed and the, the Colombian kind of, you know, dropped your eyelids when you smoke that shit. Uh, if you notice the brown weed, all the brown weed, if the trichomes are, are used, well, the trichomes are usually amber on the brown weed too. So that's going to give you that same sedative effect. Yeah, so I'll, I'll keep doing that and I'll keep, I'll keep uh, letting people know what's going on with that. Since I live in the desert, I don't really have any really cold spots. See, I thought, I've always went with the theory of this, and, and I believe I read it in Marijuana Botany. Um, it, 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 there's other, there's certain theories and certain people, they believe that if you stress the female plant, especially towards the end of uh, flowering process, that the stress factor will, will put out more resin to protect the, the female organs so they can reproduce and so forth or stay reproductive. Um, there was another train of thought is if you give the plant everything it needs and treat it like a queen and tend to all its needs, it should produce as a healthier plant, more resin and so forth. So there's two trains of thought on that too. So I've always done that train of thought where I try to keep my plants healthy and not stress them at all, especially during flower at the end of flower. And it's worked for me. I think well, we're just changing things. So when we do things like ice water and when we do things like 
leaving them in darkness and all that stuff. We're just changing things. It's not that one gets better or worse. It's just that you've changed it. It, it, it will express differently because you put it through a different scenario. That's my take. Well, even the dark thing, here, here's uh, here's how I relate the dark thing. Yes, it does change things. And it changed things a little bit in the chlorophyll, right? Because uh, let's say if you, everybody knows this. If you put a piece of cardboard on your lawn, you leave it there for a couple of days, it's going to turn lighter green because of the, the, the blocking of the sunlight. So if you do that yeah. with a marijuana plant, it's gonna do the same thing. The reaction is gonna be the same way. It's gonna lighten the chlorophyll in the, in the pigment in the plant. So I, it's gotta be, uh, the, the taste has to be connected with that too. So there is a change. I don't know if it's a plus or a minus, but there is a change, a chemical change, yes. Well, my last one, I left it 48 hours in dark just to see what it would do. And it might be just personal preference. You could you could like love that taste, right? How it changes and it, it, the the terpenes. It could work for you, and you give it to somebody else and say, "Oh no, man, I don't like that taste." And it's happened with brown weed. Like there's people that uh, cure their weed in jars for like six months, and they'll give me a bong or roll a joint for me, and it's like, man, I don't like the taste of that. I'd re I me personally, I prefer fresh wheat that's uh, just ready, you know, recently harvested, like two weeks ago or whatever. I'm like that too. That's my preference. A lot of people talk about curing and this and that. I don't want it long. I don't want old weed, really. I'm, I like it fresh. <laughs> yeah, it, it, to me, it was a when I started seeing people writing about curing, um, it's like anything else in the marijuana world. Um, when one person does it and says it works, everybody like hype, jumps on the hype and says, oh, yeah, I did it too. I got a better cure and it's three months. And, and of course, you've already committed to that technique. So you've got to feel good about doing the technique. And a lot of times it's not the truth. You know, I've, I've smoked people's weed fresh and then I've smoked it after they jarred it. And it's like, man, you, you ruined your weed. But I'm, it's just my opinion. <laughs> But I've got to smoke, uh, you know, degraded weed. I call it degrade, uh, degradation when weed is turned brown like that from a jar. It's why would why would you want to do that after spending all that time and energy? And it gets taste. super smooth. It gets super smooth. But um, sometimes you have to do it. Sometimes you harvest in the summer and you're still smoking it when summer comes around. So it's just no choice. I, I think the smoothness, you know, for me personally, if it's not smooth enough then it's either the wrong strain for me or i didn't grow it correctly and i didn't flush it correctly because most of most of the stuff that i i smoke myself if i if i flush it correctly it's smooth i don't it doesn't hurt my lungs i don't choke on it um i'm not constantly coughing after a hit uh i might take one cough and that's you know the expansion but that's it, it depends on how what you what you expect out of your own wheat you know, that's, I grow it and I flush. I do, I, I probably flush more longer than anybody in this room. I, I flush when my plants are halfway through flower. And of course you guys know that I use A and B and that's why I flush halfway through flower. My theory on that is the, the, the plant only needs food until the calyx of the flowers are, are formed. And once they are formed, they're not going to get any bigger. And that's usually about four to five weeks in the flower on most strains. So at that point, I want to take the food away from them and start cleaning up their their taste and that's it's always worked pretty good for me what medium you in brother what uh i, I use soil I, I use the standard just the regular soil you can get it well. it's called perfect uh winners or something like that i think i can't remember it's kind of it's kind of pricey it's uh peat moss based 
but I, you know, even with soil, I, the soil that I switch from, uh, I used uh, Growers Professional, which is a local soil around here, and I used that for almost 25 years. So uh, I got, you know, I don't know if you guys do this, but you, I can read my soil. That's how I know when when my I need the water is because of the color of my soil changes. Right, it, it, uh, when it's really dark, it's, it's loaded with moisture. Then it starts lightening. My soil starts lightening up when it, when I need the water. So I, I kind of gauge. I know exactly what color it is when I need the water. I don't have to lift the plant. I don't have to look at the leaves droop too much. I know exactly by the color. So it's been. If you get used to the system, and you perfect it, I mean that's. It doesn't matter what system you use as long as you perfect it. You can grow some good plants. You know, in my opinion. And I'm looking ate. forward to that happening. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's difficult, difficult to perfect. But even if you use A and B, you know, I've seen some, like Kai was saying earlier, uh, you know, it all depends on how you master your system. And I've seen some really, there's some pot that, that are grown with A and B that it, you can't tell uh, the difference between that and really good organic if it's grown correctly and product, in my opinion. But there are, you know, a lot, a lot of people don't have the skills to, to grow it correctly. And that's where the flaws come in. You start seeing the, the, you know the, the bad burns on the, on the joints the, the dark ashes and stuff it's ugly. <laughs> you guys ever remember the crack, uh, snap crackle pop weed where it's really loaded with nitrogen and you roll a joint out of it and it just snap crackles and pops <laughs> and a little i remember that stuff yes well yeah i, I grew some always of that wondered why that there. happened <laughs> You know, I learned by growing that shit and smoking that shit. <laughs> you learn not to do that next time. <laughs> and what happened one time, I bought that shit and it went straight back to that dude. <laughs> straight back. He went to my house, one joint, and then straight back to that dude. <laughs> and to get new some new weed. I remember hearing him because it was back fucking... Uh, I remember hearing when that fucking him bitching this guy out going, I told you you had to flush that shit out better than that shit. So fucking he, they knew, he knew, he knew it was going to do that shit, which pissed me off all the more, all the more. Yeah. Yeah, we don't think this is good, but we go let it go anyway. <laughs> Man, you know what? I always ask people, what's the, the what's the most potent or the best pot that you ever smoked in your life? Do you remember it? Do you remember that one? Most pot potent? You ever forget? Fuck yeah, I can. Well, Love well, that well, shit. Well, Fuck, well, talking about my 11th, 10th, 10th, 11th year. It was super piney. It was fucking beautiful. You could fucking smoke one joint of that shit between six people. Permigrants. You fucking, oh man. It was, it was everything we could do to throw in our fucking cash to buy a quarter of 75 bucks back then. 75 bucks, and we were glad to fucking pay for that shit. And that's that's why I'm on the, one of the reasons I'm on the Pine Trail current is I would love to recapture that. Oh, man. It was so good. So good. It could knock down six people easy and it would be like hours. You'd get out of that. We had a, it was the Thunder Van, we called it. And it sat right in the middle of this fucking apartment complex where, fuck, this is straight up shit. It was a great van my buddy had. This fucker fucking sat in front of his townhouse 
and we smoked in that fucker daily until his mom bitched about it. Then we pushed it into the center of the fucking apartment complex. That's where we'd sit. All of us would fucking get there, fucking smoke weed in that thing. But man, we'd smoke one joint in that motherfucker. And oh, you get out of that face, your gut would hurt, man. Oh man, I, yeah. We smoked down there for about a solid month, month and a half before it just kind of disappeared, never to be seen again. I wish, I wish, I could for me. My hands it was, it. it was the two thousand in two thousand three, getting some sour diesel. Oh my god, hundred and twenty dollars for a quarter. Only, only, yeah. only could get it for about maybe six months, but it, it was what I, what I'm chasing now. Was it on the East Coast? It was. Yeah, that's yeah. We heard about that sour diesel over here on the West Coast. What about what about you, Noble? Actually, it's the same thing. Sour diesel is like that one strain that I've always smoked growing up. I'm actually from the East Coast. I moved to California about five years ago, but I'm from Maryland, and that's like that's the number one strain that I grew up smoking in throughout high school, and and like most of the time that I was there is either a diesel or a purple but it was really the diesel that you could smoke that and definitely be a strong high for at least six hours and get the munchies go around the mall that stuff even will give you kind of a little bit of the the visuals you know you get when you get that one strain that kind of gives you that head rush you know you bring back memories when you say you get the munchies and go around the mall. <laughs> that's yeah, shit. You get high and get to go around the mall, go cruising down the point for sure. What about you, Smiley? What was that one strength for you, man? I've been sitting here trying to think because uh, there's a couple different times. Um, like yeah, I grew up in the 90s, so it was all brickweed for the most part, you know, the first shit decade of smoking was all brickweed. And it, every once in a while we get it, you know, something that was different and it was always just called hydro. So I don't really know. I mean, um, I got a Gorilla Glue <laughs> 4 cut and I think there's something about smell that triggers a memory. And for whatever reason, when I smoke that one, it reminds me of a bag of weed that I scored off of a buddy of mine from high school who happened to be the history teacher's kid. And he, you know, and the story was he stole it from his dad's dresser or whatever, but it was definitely fucking popcorn, you know, nice tight popcorn buds. They were fucking bright green. It was not weed that I hadn't seen. You know, it wasn't weed we didn't see around. So, and it, I don't know, that GG4 cut reminds me of that, so I think that's what I fall in love with about it. But I can't really place it. It's just one of them, like, you smell it, and you're like, boom, that rings in your head familiar, you know? But, yeah, that or that uh, pineapple train wreck. That one was fucking... Dude, big jar, you know me. Oh, my God, that's scary. Yeah, it is uh, that same place, Big Jar, but you're thinking of fucking Windsor Place. River Ridge is fucking the one right next to it with the townhouses. You're on par, brother. You know fucking, you know, you know, you know some shit. (laughs) (laughs) What did he say, man? 
Tartar Oaks is the further one down. Tartar Oaks is the further one down. It's in the middle one, yeah. Tartar Oaks is a different one. I think you're remembering the right one. I think you're just remembering a different name. You're you're describing the right exit. You're describing the right exit in the right area. I think you're calling it the wrong fucking name. That is fucking hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> I love all the old stories, too. I got to jump out, though, guys. I got to get some sleep going. So. All right. No. Coco, great to see you, man. Appreciate you coming awesome on. Awesome to see you, man. Yeah, Take care, bro. Go. Dave, everybody. Johnny. See you, guys. See you. Hey, Johnny, what about you, bro? What, what was the best one you ever had? Well, I, I, I know that there's, a, there's at least there's three different kinds that I have a fond, fond memory of. And the first one is tie stick, because that was the very first thing that I ever grew. And that was in the latter part of the 70s, like 78, you know, 76, right in there, 77, something like that. And, uh, and it, was, it was on a tie stick. It was on a stick tied up to it, and that stuff smelled sweet. And it was just... Uh, it it was unique you know it was and it and it had a it's such a hit to it the second one was uh the panama red that i had back in um in the 80s when i was in high school and then after that it would have to be the skunk <laughs> and that's it where you open up the bag and it literally it just it yells at you it's going it rips apart because it's so damn sticky you can't even get the bag apart and and it was just super piney kind of uh yeah it was just a love that smell that it was a wild skunky kind of wild smell yeah what about you super good down in Aussie what what have you for me it was it was a standout thing. It was before we started getting skunk. So before we started getting hydro, uh, everything was brickweed. And uh, it came through and it, we called it red beard. And the difference between it was it had strong red hairs running straight through it. And this weed, we'd sit back in them days, my wife, my now wife's parents would go away every weekend. And so we'd sit around the dining room table with, I'm, um, a million people and just have a huge session and man would be dropping out and having whiteies and like first time we had proper powerful powerful weed that really smashed you i don't know what the difference was but it was somewhere between hydro and and brickweed but we called it red beard and it just tore us down that's what we liked about it it was like twice as strong that's cool hey okay let me tell you about the weed that sticks to my mind back uh see what year was it i think it was about 85 in our area uh there was a, a strain i mean we all we called the stuff uh, all the green pot was uh, either killer green bud or just green bud or or homegrown we called it homegrown stuff around here but there was a strain that we called appy i mean it was the first time i ever heard the, the word afghanistan pinned on a strain but they called it appy and uh, it came, and it was like uh, Brussels sprouts. 
I, I don't know. You guys know what roughly like those little cabbage. Yes, I do. Yeah. It looked just like having for Christmas. Yeah, big fucking wide leaves. Um, but the unique thing was the crystals on it looked like sugar in the raw. It had like uh, amber crystals, and and it would pack out of a quarter pound. I mean, I would get two ounces of fucking crystals on the bottom of the bag. That was my that was my stash. I would sell all the all the bud and just keep the crystals. And oh my god, yeah. that shit was. That was the first time that I tasted that dry hashy taste of uh, really good hash. I was like, oh, I was I fell in love with that. And then, then we heard of a big bust out in Ording or out in Yelm, and uh, and that was the end of that line. It was a big big barn that went down in Yelm. Because that's where all of the, the smoke was coming from. I, I'm sure it was out of that that bust. But yeah, that was uh, that was one of the epic strains. The second one that I can always that I remember that um, before I started growing my two epic strains. But the the second one that I remember buying and and uh, selling a lot of when it used to come through it was uh, the Christmas weed. It was uh, a strain that came from uh, Spokane uh, every year uh, to to Tacoma on the east side of Washington, and uh, it was called uh, Strawberry Hill. It tasted just like the fucking wine. I ain't chitting, man. Oh my God, that stuff was so good. You guys heard of strawberry? You remember Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill, right? Anybody drank that shit? <laughs> Boone's Farm. It was sweet. It was different. It was very unique back then. It was late. Uh, it was about 90s, I think, early 90s, about then. Ah, oh, that stuff was good. And you know what? I was around, I don't know if you heard, uh, Johnny, when I, when I was on Eagle the first time, I was talking about uh, the Taiwee days. I helped bring that. Yeah, I, I do remember that. Yeah, we unloaded a lot of kilos off, off of, uh, out of the ports of Olympia. Uh, um, and when you mentioned the sticks, I hate to say it, bro, but um, I was I was uh, nursing sticks that were like two feet long, you know. And <laughs> but but see, every time yeah. it went from hand to hand, people would cut it in half, and that's how they they would keep half the stash. They would sell the other half. So yeah. my stick was this long. <laughs> it was it was about five six inches long by the one that i got yeah standard size it would be cut down, you know, yeah. down, down the road so that's how it worked Fuckers. Yeah. all right now you got you, you know there was there was one other strain that i had and that was uh, like 98 99 in that time and and this guy said he created the strain himself. And the, and the reason he named it was because of the accident, the train wreck on the accident on the Cajon Pass. And that's what he named it, the train wreck or train wreck or whatever. And he yes. was from California. I think uh, he grew that out in Humboldt. You're talking about the arcade uh, E32 cut train wreck. Yeah, I grew that out. That was nice. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I remember when I took a hit of that the first time I was blown away by that. I seen I seen fifteen body bags full of that stuff inside this guy's house. Man, you know what? When I took a hit of it, it did feel like you got you just came out of a train wreck. It kind of just made you kind of weirded in your head, like, whoa shit, what happened? You know, it, so, it, yeah. yeah. It, it, it would kind of creep up on after yeah. every other breath. It was just kind of like, whoa. A little higher, you know. Oh, I don't know. If you know, so yeah, it was very. 
if you've been in a car wreck or anything where you get like bam and you know your head's kind of like coming to that's what it felt like hitting the bowl of that train wreck but you know the bad thing about that train wreck was uh i, I would have loved yeah, it in my garden but it, it had a lot of hermy problems with it did yeah but but you know what this, I, I did, this haze that um i did lock it up though. I, I have it in seed form. Uh, I bred it to, I think, a blueberry or, yeah, it was a blueberry cross. So I did lock it up just to keep the genetics around just in case I wanted to get back into it someday because it's a rare cut. I, it was so, everybody had it up here, Johnny, it, it, uh, in Washington. I mean, every, in the medical scene. I didn't think it would ever disappear. You know, it's hard to get. When was that? What was the time that you guys had it up there in Washington? About 2000. 2006 somewhere on there it really was spread between 2006 and 2010 it, it was all over the place it first came up yeah, about so, so when i when i smoked it then it was pretty close to when he actually created it. so it was it was man it was wicked i mean i loved it i really enjoyed it a lot and it was one of those things that I was kind of chasing for a while too, but I never came across it again. I've never seen anything that was even near it. Man, I'm thinking we got to change. Got uh, we we got to change Eagle's name to to Phoenix because you know, he keeps dying with the internet, then coming back, dying with the internet, then coming back. You know, he's rising from the ashes. Oh man, this time they, sure they read power. Phoenix. So, all right, <laughs> let's stop. I want to. Stopping back up here, I haven't had no problems, and everybody that knows watches this show has seen me struggle for the last fucking year with this shit. I have talked about them fucking hitting my fucking power thing, which I talked about tonight, which is coincidence. I ain't had a fucking problem with this shit since my the PC that went down like a week ago took off, and I switched back to this thing. As slow as it's been, I mean, this thing's barely functionable. I haven't had a problem. That's then a tonight, I, I said something earlier to Smiley about getting the email from HP, and they had my fucking tower that I wasn't operating from the same tower. And then tonight, out of the blue, here come the fucking internet problems again. And then soon as I fucking, I was operating from the phone with you guys for a minute. And then I went, faded out, camered off. I went and reset both fucking routers. I reset this fucking laptop like three times. Finally got the connection going here again. And then shut the phone down and was going off the computer again. I was sitting here talking to you guys. And all of a sudden, the, the fucking click, click. It just goes off. While, and it does it like fucking once a week. Just long enough to shut everything down and come right back on and then wait for everything to reboot. Fucking, oh, oh fucking talking shit with Phoenix Gardens. <laughs> Pussy. Well, guys, I got to get some rest as well, man. Right on. It was good chatting with everybody. Lemon Hoko, it's an honor to have your test packet coming in the mail soon. Green 13. It's great to see you. Johnny, it's good to see you. Dave, nice, it's good to meet you. Nice pleasure to meet you, man. 
And I definitely look forward to talking to everybody real soon. Be safe, bro. All right, right I'm at. Thank you. Peace. Take care. Be safe in Cali. Thanks, man. Yeah, with that said, I'm out of here, <clears throat> guys. I got to go do some midnight gardening. So uh, it's been a pleasure. You guys, uh, thank you, Eagle, for uh, giving us this platform to sit here and shoot the shit. And it's been fun, man. Uh, fun. Thank you, my friend. Uh, sorry. I just and and anybody off that's for sure but. lemon i'm gonna dm you yeah for sure for sure can't see uh you're on the server right my discord server yeah yeah oh okay. i don't know about that I, I i tried to get onto uh discord and i'm not sure if i messed it up or what but i, I screw up my passwords all the time and then i can't get in uh, yeah i'm old school Okay, yeah, DM me to uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, hey, chat. Thanks for everything, guys. You guys are uh, great, man. I love being here. You guys are. I see a lot of friends in, in the chat, and uh, and I love hanging out with you guys. You guys all have a safe. We'll see you guys later. Good night, later. Much respect. Yeah, and I'll be the next one. I'm gonna flip flop right on out of here, and uh, Eagle, man. Gonna have to get something that has some sort of a, a like a aluminum foil hat over the top of that thing, so they can't get into your. Funny, <laughs> gonna build a Faraday cage around that motherfucker. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. You know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta step it up on these people. You know, if they're gonna play games, we gotta bring it up another notch. You know, enemy of the state kind of shit. All right, man. Oh, man. I'll check you guys later. Everybody in chat later. Dave, it's good to have you out here. Green 13, always great to see you across the pond there. Always. Respect, Eagle. Good night, Johnny. All right. See you guys later. Thank you, Dave, uh, Johnny. Uh don't worry, you're going to be thanking you know me next because it's it's time for me to be uh, leaving here too. <laughs> We're all dropping like flies. Uh, it happens. I'm always last, yeah. like fucking the it's, dude who won't leave, you know? Like, it's the time difference. And I'm saying goodbye and then I'm fucking um, last again. <laughs> it's the time difference, man. You've you've been up for a few yeah. hours. I was supposed to go to sleep a few hours to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, one time, real quick, because they're already asking in chat. This is the connection. It's two separate, different fucking networks. One's a satellite. One's a fucking line. Uh, actually, wired line. One's a wide, and it has two connections that feed in to a single, separate router. It's like a dual band that goes between the two. So if one goes down, the other one's supposed to take over. Somehow they manage to take them both out at once when this shit happens. And yes, I do have a VPN. I don't know how the fuckers do it. I'm as stymied as anybody else. But I appreciate the concern. But if you have some help, I will take it. <laughs> All right, guys, I just wanted to throw that out there real quick.
Eagle, have you had proof of that? Have you seen, is there like a data log that shows when that router has actually ever swapped between connections? Have you seen it in action? I'd love you know to be I able mean? to get some. You know when it started, it though? Uh, well, there's got to be some way I can prove it. They've got to have some. There's got to be some way. But, you know, it started at, at fucking when I was doing it. Uh, when I first started doing it, it started doing it every night at the same time. Both the fucking the internet connection, the regular, the lined one when I had before the satellite. Every night at 11 o'clock, it would start cycling to where they couldn't fucking use it in the house. So it was that problem that, you know, actually got me to get the satellite. And then, you know, I figured, well, I got that. I'm good. Then they fucking, I, they managed to do the same thing. Let's take that out. And then it, I was talking about this with Loki Grows. Loki Grows actually suggested the fucking, uh, the, the one, dual uh, yeah, yeah, and then fucking I, that, that was good for a little while, and then they figured out how to get around that, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but there's most definitely something going on, that's for sure. And this, 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 my area is like the only one it seems to have the problem. See, like even when. Uh, I was on earlier. I was on that network, but on a fucking on my phone. But it can't get through on my laptop. It just disables my network on my fucking laptop. But I can fucking I don't know. I don't know. It's I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what did HP say about the tower? It's fuck. Well, that was no. That was the thing. I. That's another part of this. This whole funny story is like I said. When after I switched for the last week and a half, I haven't had a problem since I went back to the old laptop. Like they didn't know. You know what I mean? Wasn't till tonight. I was fucking talking to Smiley. And I fucking said that I fucking got an email from HP tonight saying they had not received my tower yet. Oh. Yeah. So it's still it. like... You sent it a week ago, didn't you? Tuesday. Yeah, right. at least Tuesday. Gone. So I made the mistake of saying on the air that I wasn't using that that one anymore. And then tonight, right after I said that, this shit started. For the first time since, I mean, come on, where are the, where do you draw the line in coincidences? <laughs> you know what I mean. And then after the, after the network problem, the fucking the power blinked. Another internet accessible device. Another night, get Smiley to host the show, and you be a guest. Do it that way around, and just see. Use your log on and just see how that is. That would be interesting. All right. Here's another fun twist for you. Here's another <laughs> twist for you. It's my our, uh, Green 13. One night, uh, you can go back and watch this one. Uh, fucking, like, it was about three weeks ago. I was under attack that night, okay? 
And every time I opened my mouth and went to say something, my network connection would go out. And as soon as I would get back up and go, son of a, it'd go back down again. Cycle every time. So I switched over to my phone on the Sprint Network on Zoom and was able to do the broadcast, no hits, no nothing. But I sat here and watched my computer go up and down the whole time like they were trying to take me out, but I was running things from this. But meanwhile, my my home network, my computer was going fucking nuts. And by, by you know, by happen chance, it was like two, three days later, the fucking the PC went down. So, you know. Crazy so, shit, yeah. dude. The fight is real. Yes. Uh, anyways, so I am trying. Yeah. That is the, the state of. <laughs> I don't know what else to do but keep showing up and we'll let it fuck. I that's one of the things now. When if I Dave, did I tell you that the other night when you were a guest that it could happen? No. I usually tell guests the possibility. No, I, I yeah, you might be hosting this show for a bit at some point. Oh, 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 yes, yes. I'm sorry. I was like half listening. <laughs> I was paying attention to chat. I apologize. Did I go over that with you, though? You did. You, you may did be a host for a minute. You, you're, you said, oh, you, you have the option of uh, staying on and kind of letting things go or just let you checking out. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I appreciate that. But thankfully, it did not yeah. happen. That's why. That's the story behind it right there, Dave. That's the story behind it. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but it happens. I don't know what the fuck. Well, it's living proof the, the best, the, the best one, the best one for me was Bad Bunny. Oh God, Eagle, come back soon! On the Bad Bunny interview, <laughs> he was free. <laughs> he was like, "Nah." So anyway, I was saying, da, 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 da. it was wicked. My favorite one was uh, Miss D's Nugs. Every time I came back, she'd be like, Welcome back to the Misty's Nug Show. And I'd be like, Oh, that is fucking hilarious right there. Fucking talking shit. shit with Misty Nugs. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Guys. All right, boys. Probably- yeah. I think it, yeah, it is that time. Gentlemen, have a Stay great night. A Pleasure walk. talking to you. Have a good one, nice. Thanks for popping in. Uh, well, guys, it is end of the official rabbit hole for tonight. I do appreciate all you guys who popped in. Pretty star-studded night, in my opinion. Man, uh, Raz Kaya Paul was here tonight in the, uh, the spotlight. We had Lemon Co- Hoko, Smiley's Gardens, Green 13, Johnny Cannon Seed, Cannon Trooper, uh, Dave's not here. Hopefully, I didn't forget anybody in that little spiel. If I did, I forgot. I'll try to remember you in the description. But I greatly appreciate everybody that popped in tonight. Much love and respect to you all. I'm sorry, but I will be skipping the shout outs tonight. Fucking. Ah, yeah. 
I'll get you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow, some Monday is officially the rabbit hole. Another rabbit hole. But Mondays is the official rabbit hole night. If you're past guests and want to jump in tomorrow night, I believe the uh, the ghost was wanting to come on. Not the ghost that we were talking about tonight. But uh, Tommy Tycombs, I believe, he expressed some interest in coming on in the nearest rabbit hole. But uh, if any of you guys who have the key, oh, the shit, there's 200 and some odd past guests who have the rabbit hole key now. If one of you guys would like to pop in and fucking, that'd be pretty awesome. So with that being said, I got to get to work. I got to get some trimming done before I get to sleep and get to work tomorrow. But I will be here tomorrow night. Remember, I come on Monday nights late after the late sesh. So I'll be on tomorrow about 1231. Keep that in mind with the rabbit hole. Come check us out. Have some fun. Love you guys. Appreciate you tuning in.